We are live. Wonderful. Thank you. Good evening and welcome to our February 2nd Parks and Community Enrichment Commission meeting. The meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Flores? Present. Commissioner Ford? Present. Commissioner Gaines? Present. Commissioner Gallardo Good? Present. Commissioner Herman? Present. Commissioner Kangas? Commissioner Kangas is running a couple of moments late. She'll be here very soon. Thank you, Vice Chair. Commissioner King? Present. Commissioner Liu? Present. Commissioner McCarsick? Present, and it's it's McCarcheck, by the way. Like, I got to get my car checked, so. Thank you for the clarification. Of course. And uh, Commissioner Robbins? Present. And Vice Chair Vasquez? Present. Thank you. We have quorum. Thank you. This meeting is virtual via Zoom. For members of the public who wish to join, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you have joined the meeting and wish to speak, raise your hand to provide public comment when the chair confirms the public comment speaking period for your desired item. If you are actually, can we hold on just a moment? Did we call um, Commissioner Klutzman? And I'm present. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's okay. Thanks for raising your hand. It was just the right time. I was reading the raising your hand part. Um, Did the clerk actually get that? I did, yes. Okay, thanks. Thank you, clerk. Um, okay, if you are online, click the raise hand on the bottom right of your screen. If you're in the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping the raise hand option in the more tab. If you're joining in today via telephone, to raise your hand, dial star nine, and then unmute, uh, to unmute or to mute, dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their phone number. You'll have two minutes to speak once you're called on, and we will now proceed to today's agenda. I'm going to um, read the land acknowledgement and the Pledge of Allegiance. So please rise for the opening acknowledgements in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu Valley and Plains Miwok, Patwin Wintun peoples, and the people of Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe, May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather today and in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Um, if you could remain standing, we're going to do the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Okay, we're gonna have some changes to the agenda tonight. So the agenda that you see online, we're going to, um, we're going to first approve the minutes. 
and then we will second, uh, we're going to move item number three, the selection of the chair and the vice chair, actually to item number two. And then we're going to postpone item number four to a future date. So our item number three tonight will be our parks plan update, and then we'll have our director's report. So I just wanted to alert you to those changes. And we will start with uh, the approval of the consent calendar. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Thank you, Vice Chair. I have one hand raised for public comment. Oh, looks like they lowered their hand. I have no hands raised for public comment. Okay, wonderful. Okay, are there any commissioners who wish to speak on the this item? Okay, do I have a motion to approve the minutes from the last meeting? I motion to approve, Commissioner Gallardo, good. I'll second. Thank you. I have a, a motion by Commissioner Gallardo, good, and a second it by Commissioner McCarchek. Uh, will the clerk please call the roll for the vote? Thank you, Vice Chair. <clears throat> Commissioner Flores? Aye. Commissioner Ford? Aye. Commissioner Gaines? Aye. Commissioner Gallardo Good? Aye. Commissioner Herman? Aye. Commissioner Kangas? Aye. Commissioner Kletzman? Yes. Commissioner King? Aye. Commissioner Liu? Aye. Commissioner McCarchick? Aye. And Vice Chair Vasquez? Aye. Thank you. The motion passes. Wonderful. Thank you. We have so many new faces here tonight. Why don't we get started by introducing our new commissioners, by taking a moment to um, talk about ourselves, who we are and what we're doing here today. Um, I'm so happy to see these new appointments. Um, I will call on you one at a time and I would invite you at this time to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you and uh, feel welcomed by us because we are very glad that you are here. So I'm just gonna start by the top of my screen here and call on Commissioner Robbins. Hi, everybody. Uh, you call me Robbie, Robbie Robbins. I don't know how much time I got on this. I could talk to your ear off all day. A lot of people say I talk really fast, but I could just got a lot to say. Um, I've been born and raised in D uh, D3 my whole life. I'm pretty pronounced at Gardenland Park. I'm in the Gardenland Nor uh, North Day Neighborhood Association, the Natomas Garden Arts Coalition, Sac Tree Foundation. Uh, got involved with parks a lot. Uh, I found the Gardenland Proud to save Gardenland Park a couple of years ago, teaming up with the Sacramento Kings to get that done. I work with them to keep on getting projects going over here. Uh, I also work with uh, Nino's Park and the Greenhouse and a couple of other nonprofits to bring the Sac Republic over there and many other things. And I'm just very happy to be here and making change. And uh, thank you, Vice Chair. Wonderful, thank you for being here. Um, I have really enjoyed working with you in the past. I know that you are a consummate example of a community representative and servant, um, and I'm very excited for your appointment and to be serving alongside of you. Uh, so let's move on to Commissioner Ford, please. 
Hi, good evening, everyone. Um, thank you for the warm welcome and super excited to be here today. My name is Odette Ford, and I lived in uh, Sacramento for the past eight years now, um, and mainly um, North Natomas, but uh, I mean, love greater, greater, greater Sacramento. Uh, I'm a mom of an eight-year-old. I work at the governor's office of business and, and economic development, um, leading various immigrant integration initiatives. Um, I'm heavily involved uh, walking in, in the walking school bus in the morning here um, through Jive. And um, definitely excited to, to be adding to the community enrichment part of obviously this commission and obviously uh, super impressed uh, with all the work that has already been done in, in the mission of this commission. So I just look forward to connecting with you and collaborating with you. And uh, again, thank you for the warm welcomes. Amazing. We welcome your experience and your enthusiasm, and I'm really looking forward to getting to meet you. So welcome aboard, Commissioner Ford. Um, and next, we'll go to Commissioner King. Hello, welcome. Hi there. Um, so glad to be here with all of you. Uh, my name is Lindsay King. I am, I live in District 5 um, in um, Golf Course Terrace Estates. So if you don't know, it's right behind the Executive Airport. Um, and, um, uh, my husband and I have been fairly active in our community, um, reactivating our park and getting services there, um, and really bringing attention to neighborhood parks in our area. Um, so we're really well connected with our neighborhood associations, um, and those that border us. Um, but I'm so happy to be here, um, in my other life, I'm a nurse, um, and I'm just happy to hear, be here and serve this community. And I've met so many good people already. So looking forward to the great work we're going to do together. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And I think that's it for our newbies tonight. Do we have anyone else? I can, do we have any commissioners who would like to speak on this item? That are welcome. I see Commissioner Flores. Thank you, Vice Chair. Uh, I'm I'm not new, but I'm not old, right? Um, I'm Joe, uh, Commissioner Flores. I now am the new District 7 Parks Commissioner. I just recently served as the District 5 Parks Commissioner. Uh, thanks to redistricting, uh, the old five is not the new five anymore. So I'm so happy that uh, Commissioner King's online with us tonight. So yeah, I'm a, uh, I am not new at this, but, uh, but I am holding now a, a new seat. So I'm um, I look forward to working with each and every one of you, bring the experience and knowledge that uh, I have done here at the commission. Um, and I see new faces, but I do wanna uh, give a shout out and I'm glad we did this in December. Um, you know, shout out to commissioners Meta, Commissioner Guerrero, Commissioner Lavelle, the, the previous holders of the previous seats. Um, we recognize their service and, you know, it's, it's kind of bittersweet, right? That we know the realities of, uh, you know, redistricting and new elections and new uh, um, uh, city council members. And so it's just a fact of life. It's a reality that happens, but we, we want to honor and recognize their service. And if you go back to the December video, you know, I'm glad that uh, Chair Lavelle gave opportunities for us to give each other flowers because we are peers and we become a family and we're, we, we're a tight-knit group. So, and I, with these new faces here, I hope, 
you know, by the by the end, uh, uh, we are we're going to be just as tight with these new uh, individuals. So, uh, Commissioner Robbins, you know, I'm glad that you're on this commission. Uh, I see what you do out there. I'm glad that you got appointed to the seat, Lindsay. You know, I know we go back a couple of years with uh, Charlie Park and other areas in, in, in that part of the city. Um, Commissioner Ford, good to meet you tonight, and I look forward to copy chats and and events out in your part of the woods. So um, uh, uh, before I end, you know, I have to give a shout out to, uh, you know, uh, council member Chenier for giving me the first opportunity to serve on this commission. And I wanna give a shout out to uh, uh, council member Jennings for that there was a little bit of a turnover happening and said, hey, Joe, you wanna join this team? And I was like, yes, there's an opportunity here. So uh, I'm grateful for both uh, both uh, council members and and looking to serve as that anchor for this team. Um, I'm here to help out. So I'll just stop there. Um, it's good to see, you know, Kletzman, McCarchek, Lou, um, Herman. Yeah, it's a great team here. So I'm glad that I continue, I get to continue. So thank you. Commissioner Flores, please forgive my uh, mistaking you of a mentor and an and a OG, as it were, on this commission and not recognizing you as in your new role. Welcome, and I'm so glad that you're continuing with us and looking forward to serving with you in your new role. Um, Commissioner Gaines. Uh, yes, thank you. I just wanted to say welcome. Um, you know, as Commissioner Flores said, it's a very uh, close-knit team. Everyone's super helpful, um, you know, participating in activities together across borders. Um, you know, so we're just so excited to have you. And uh, Commissioner King, I actually grew up in Golf Course Terrace, and so, and I'm your District 8 peer, so we're right next door. Um, so super excited to, to get to know all of you um, over this time. And welcome back, Commissioner Flores. Um, we, you know, you were one of the first ones to welcome me when I joined two years ago, and we're just so fortunate to still have you and your uh, leadership and all of your experience. So super excited that you're back. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Gallardo, good? Hi, good evening, everyone. Um, I just wanted to say welcome. Welcome to every, all of you. And I've been seeing the Facebook posts, and it's just wonderful to see that we have such a wonderful, inclusive, diverse group of leaders. Congratulations to all of you. I look forward to supporting you. And just know that if there's anything that I can do, I'm a mayor's appointee. If there's anything I can do to support the work that you're doing, um, please feel free to reach out to me and also um, just know that um, on behalf of, of myself, um, something comes up and you need extra hands, I am available. Um, just welcome to all of you. I look forward to seeing you in person and welcoming you in person myself. Um, but I think that you're going to find that this is a great, hardworking, committed, dedicated group of community leaders. And so um, I'm just here to say uh, congratulations and I'm very proud of all of you. Perfect. Thank you, Commissioner. Um, I would encourage all of our commissioners to maybe introduce yourself and say, um, you know, how you're appointed or what district you represent. I'm going to start with you, Commissioner Herman, please. Sure thing. Um, I'm, I'm Kai Herman. I'm in District 4, uh, appointed by Katie Valenzuela. And um, I have three young kids in school, um, one at West Campus, a couple here down the street at Crocker. And I am kind of involved usually in Little League Baseball a lot. Um, in my real job, I um, get justice for elders who are neglected or abused in nursing homes. And we had a really big verdict for Mr. Rios recently. 
You might have seen that in the paper. Um, but just generally, I love, you know, getting out there and doing stuff. And I'm I'm glad that we've turned the corner and that we can do more in-person things. I really look forward to meeting everyone in person. And I certainly welcome you and and, and welcome you to reach out to me if you have something that you want, uh, need a hand on or whatever. I've, I've got a shovel. So let me know. I'm there. Thank you. Good to know. Thank you, Commissioner. Um, Commissioner Klutzman. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Uh, so great to see new faces. You're in great company. Uh, we've had a lot of fun over the years. I'm Commissioner Terry Klutzman. I'm at large, so I'm not technically associated with any uh, one district, but I am. Uh, I do happen to live, live in District 4. Um, but we have done it, it, so many interesting presentations and, and interesting uh, activities and just had a great time. So I can't wait to get back to in-person because we had a lot of fun, but um, I should mention I termed out about seven months ago, but uh, just waiting uh, for someone to take my spot. So if you have somebody in any district uh, interested in joining this awesome commission, um, you know, I'd love to hand it over to someone who's passionate about the parks um, but I, I'm not leaving <laughs> the commission until, uh, you know, we find a replacement. So, um, I think that position is open online. Can't wait to meet you all in person. Wonderful. Thank you. Commissioner, Commissioner Klitzman, <laughs> uh, Commissioner Lou. Hi, um, Gordon. Oh, am I, am I, oh, yeah. Hi, um, my name is Gordon Lou. Um, I'm from district two, um, appointed by Sean Lalole. Um, I'm involved in the community in my area, um, helping out here and there, doing all kinds of different things. Um, kind of new, but not really new, but, um, so Joe and, and Victoria and Rita have been very helpful in getting my, getting things situated in district two and helping me out and getting things moving along. So I'm really excited to see some new faces to work along you and uh, congratulations to uh, coming on board. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Kangas. Welcome. I'm super excited to work with all of you. Um, I'm Nikki Kangas and I live in District 66 <laughs> and, um, but I'm a commissioner at large so you guys can just put me to work in all your districts and I love collaborating with everybody and serving the community. Um, I'm a mom and I work for the Sacramento City Unified School District as community engagement manager. And I just love parks and nature and being outside, but I also love, of course, our kiddos and workforce development. So it's just a joy to serve with all of you. Wonderful, thank you. Commissioner McCarchek. Hey, I'm Sam McCarchek. I am the official youth commissioner. Um, I'm currently a senior at Kit Carson in ESAC. I've been on the commission for about, about a little over a year now. It's going to be very exciting. And so I am also kind of an at-large um, appointment. So if you need any kind of really youth help or anything or like just want kind of the youth perspective on anything, I'm more than happy to sit down and help with that. And so, yeah. And I'm super glad to see new faces and old faces. It's good. It's good to be back. So wonderful. Thank you, Commissioner Gallardo. Good. Is your hand still up from before? Or would you like to speak again? No, I didn't put it down. I apologize. That's okay. 
Wonderful. Well, thank you. Welcome, everybody. And you've already got to vote on the minutes. Now we're going to vote again. So if you're ready, we're going to move on to the discussion calendar. Um, I am Victoria Vasquez. I am appointed by uh, Councilmember Eric Guerra in D6, also like Commissioner Kingis. I'm also a mother uh, with a student at West Campus, like Commissioner Herman, um, and a student at Hiram Johnson High School. I uh, work in urban forestry. I do grants in uh, public policy, and I um, really enjoy uh, being able to have a, have a a voice of my neighbors and my community members and my constituents uh, that is um, inclusionary. I'm very proud to uh, to live in District Six and to be able to uh, work all across the district in putting trees in spaces uh, for people who need them. And I'm uh, happy to help. I'm happy to mentor. I'm happy to serve. I'm happy to sit down and have a cup of coffee with you. So uh, don't be shy. Please reach out anytime and know that you'll be hearing from me. Um, so let's get going with the discussion calendar. The first thing that we're going to do tonight is we are going to select our chair and our vice chair of our new commission. Um, so forgive me, we don't have um, a solid script this time. We're going to be entering into a template. So if you see me getting flustered, it's because I'm hoping I'm in the right place. Uh, so I'd like to start um, with a, a motion to nominate a vice chair. Do we have a motion to nominate a vice chair? Commissioner Gallardo, good? Sure. Um, I'd like to uh, nominate Commissioner Janine Gaines as vice chair to serve for uh, year 2023. Wonderful. Thank you. Do I have a second? I second. Thank you. I have a motion um, to nominate as vice chair Commissioner Gaines by Commissioner Good, and I have a second by Commissioner Kingus. Uh, clerk, at this point, do we call the roll? Thank you. Commissioner Flores. Aye. Commissioner Ford. Aye. Commissioner Gaines. Aye. Commissioner Gallardo Good. Aye. Commissioner Herman? Aye. Commissioner Kangas? Aye. Commissioner King? Aye. Commissioner Kletzman? Aye. Commissioner Liu? Aye. Commissioner Makarchuk? Aye. And Vice Chair Vasquez? For the last time, as vice chair, aye. Thank you, the motion passes. Wonderful, congratulations, Commissioner Gaines. Welcome to your new role as vice chair. Well, I'll have a moment to congratulate you. Let's do, um, a, you can unmute yourselves and clap if you like. Congratulations, Commissioner Gaines. Welcome aboard. <laughs> thank you guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, vice chair. All right, let's move on to chair. Do I have a nomination for chair? He, uh, Commissioner Flores? Yes, I'd like to nominate Commissioner Vasquez for chair. I'll, I'll second that. Thank you and thank you. I've got a motion and a second. Clerk, will you please call the roll? 
Thank you. Commissioner Flores. Aye. Commissioner Ford. Aye. Commissioner Gaines. Aye. Commissioner Gallardo Good. Aye. Commissioner Herman. Aye. Commissioner Kangas. Aye. Commissioner King. Aye. Commissioner Kletzman. Aye. Commissioner Liu. Aye. Commissioner McCarchek. Aye. And Vice Chair Vasquez. Aye. Thank you. The motion passes. Thank you. Woohoo! I see what's happening for me. Go for it. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I'm honored. I wish that uh, Chair Lavelle, who stepped down, whose shoes I'm filling, could be here for this um, because those are quite some big shoes to fill. I'm honored to, to lead with you and to serve with you. Let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Um, Vice Chair Gaines, thank you. I'll be chair for today. Thank you. I guess I'm going to keep chairing this meeting. So here we go. Oh, actually, real quick. I'm yep. so sorry. Um, we skipped Commissioner Robbie twice um, oh for those goodness. votes. <laughs> thank you. Um, Clark, can we please add Commissioner Robbins to the roll? My dearest apologies here. Um, for the vote on Vice Chair, Commissioner Robbins. I am both, and I'm looking forward to kicking butt with everybody. And for the vote of Vice Chair, Commissioner Robbins. Very big aye. Chair. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay, here we go. Um, so to number three, um, we were going to move up the parks plan update. Do we have a staff presentation? Oh, actually, bef just before you start, um, staff, I know that a lot of our commissioners have a habit of taking screenshots and putting them up when we have joyous moments like this. And I don't like to have a funny face when that happens. So I would like to give a little bit of space for anybody in this moment who would like to take a screenshot and every commissioner an opportunity to smile and not have that funny face when we end up on Facebook. Commissioner McCarchick? I think you guys need to rename yourselves first before we before we like get into a photo so you guys can officially go into your parts as both chair and vice chair. That is an excellent suggestion, Commissioner. Jacob, clerk, is this something that we can do? No pressure. Of course, I'll get you uh, both renamed right now. Thank you very much. Excellent suggestion, Commissioner McCarchick. Look at that. And as our team goes into this year, and starting our plans for the year and being a commission and a voice for our community for this year. I'm very excited to have our first picture together as the PCEC of 2023. All right, on your marks, get set, say trees. <laughs> Wonderful. 
I hope someone did take a screenshot after all of that because I didn't. So, <laughs> all right, so let's move on. Um, we are going to move to our Parks Plan 2040 update. Do we have a staff presentation? Yes, we do. Good evening, commissioners. My name is Brianna Moland. I'm an associate planner with the Department of Youth Parks and Community Enrichment. I'm also the outreach lead for the Parks Plan 2040. And I'm here tonight to introduce you to our consultant, MIG Incorporated. They'll be giving a presentation on the Parks Plan and progress so far, as well as some of our new key directions. So I'm gonna go ahead and let them lead that presentation. And they're also going to lead a discussion after that. So I'll go ahead and turn it over to Cindy Mendoza, Allison Lee, and Noe Noyola. Thanks. Good afternoon, good evening, uh, PCEC. Congratulations on your new positions, on your, your new positions as uh, chair, vice chair, and also the new commissioners. It's just really incredible to be part of this meeting. and. Um, I'm, I'm always just filled with joy and pride when I see people caring about their community like you are. Um, I, it gives me hope for the world, honestly. So hate to be cheesy, cheesy like that, but it's really, um, I don't know, it's, it's important. Um, you know, the other thing, speaking of, of just, you know, pride in work, and we've been, we've been at this now for about three years. Um, we started this process in 2020 literally uh, the week before the pandemic began. And we had a switch and pivot to online and we were just, you know, kind of thrown for a loop like everybody else in the world was. But we've gone through this process now for about, you know, coming up on three years. And here we are kind of coming to that final, that final stage. And what we have in store for you today is really just uh, an update on the on the process um we're calling it parks plan 2040 and so the draft plan is set to be out here in the summer of 2023 uh for today what we have in mind and i'm sorry i didn't introduce myself my name is noe noyola i'm a planner i'm community planner engagement specialist with mig uh cindy mendoza who's our project manager and uh, fantastic with these projects has tons of engagement experience tons of parks experience and also Allison Lee, who's really doing most of the work, as um, you can understand, a uh, fantastic tech, technical person. You'll hear from, hear from them as we proceed in the presentation. But for today, what we have is really just an overview of what's going on of the process. And since we have some new members, I think it's going to be especially important to be able to go through that process with you all. And, you know, we, we were like, oh, yeah, they're... They, they've seen this before, they've heard this before, but in fact, it's new members, so we have to really um, go through that. And uh, apologies to some of those, some of you that have already heard this, but we've we've done an assessment of of the park system, and we wanted to really share some uh, some of those findings with you. Um, <clears throat> those findings then led to some directions, some kind of key things, key sort of approaches that we wanted to share with you, and then even some that um, are, are, are kind of emerging still to add, and we wanted to get your opinion on that. And really, that's the point of, the, uh, of our questions and our discussion. Are these new? One, or do these directions make sense? Are there any issues, any nuance that you want to, that you want to hear more about or understand better? But also these other directions that we are these, these two other directions that are also emerging but that we hadn't included yet. 
So that's the, the, the overview. Um, I'm gonna just walk you through some of these things. I'm here really just to talk, uh, kind of guide the discussion. Um, we'll pre present a little bit and I'm gonna pass it over to Cindy to talk about the planning process and we'll be, we'll be talking shortly. Cindy? So first of all, I just wanna give the short reminder that this is a long range plan, meaning it's going to identify recommendations for your parks and recreation facilities, as well as youth development services and programs and your recreation and community enrichment programs for the next 20 years. So it's a combination of tools, standards, policies, guidelines that are really going to provide direction, not only for the youth parks and community enrichment department, but citywide for all of those elements going forward. In this planning process, uh, it has been a, a longer project that has been coordinated with your general plan update. And that's important because they are also identifying goals and policies associated with parks, recreation, and open space. Ours is a four-phase planning process held in conjunction with theirs. We are here in the third phase looking at the policy development, recommendations development, and then prioritization of those new directions for your city going forward. That'll then take us into the plan documentation in summary, bringing drafts back to you next summer. I'm gonna hand it back to Noe, who's gonna give an overview of all of the outreach that led to this point. Thank you, Cindy. So um, <clears throat> MIG in conjunction with a lot of staff time and uh, staff just jumped in here and did a, a bunch of great work, Raymond and Brianna and, <laughs> and, and Dana, everybody's been just really great about um, doing some great work here and engaging the community. You know, And again, this was during the pandemic, so we had to just, adjust but let me give you a sense of the some of the things that we did uh, the power to improve the map survey that you see on the left that was really about uh, you know getting out there and it was a, a a survey that was all about just identifying locations parks improvements and um, and you know it's offered in five languages it was really just with the the whole notion that uh, that people were superheroes that people can improve their city and their parks um, we did a, a photo contest that also was open to all ages, um, really encouraging people to think about the a parks as an asset and um, shared, you know, there's some, some prizes for some of the best photos. Some of these um, just helped identify uh, some of the, the, the key issues, some of the, the, the key things that people really liked about their parks. We had a, a youth drawing activity that was also, you know, really fun to to engage, um, for the most part, we we kind of planning processes in general really don't look at young people as much, even though parks are really important. Community panels um, were these things that we were trying to say. Well, how do we reach into these groups and and try to really um, encourage participation without having people to come to us, especially since we couldn't do it in person? So we reached out to directly to community groups and. Uh, particularly with underserved communities, diverse communities. And of course, this was think about the, the summer of 2020. This was the, the, the move, movement for black lives. There's a lot of things going on that were uh, really relevant and important to talk about with specific groups. So these are just four of the activities that we went through. We also had this, um, this very cool youth art expo 
And what it was was really just saying, you know, um, we, we need to talk to, to young people and again, have them share what they feel is important to, in, in the medium that they want. So it was drawings, it was videos, it was paintings. The painting that you see there is actually from one of the contestants and we split them up by age and they each got the winner, I think received $100 and then we had some other uh, second and third place winners with I believe over over twelve hundred dollars uh, in prizes, if I recall correctly. But there were a lot of participants, excellent, some great work that came out of that. And in fact, that one you notice it has a, a CPRS award, which is the <clears throat> the Parks Planning Organizational um, Award. Community connections. This is you know again working with groups directly and just going to them through you through these meetings and having just, um, again, the, the direct connections with, with folks, especially youth organizations. A prioritization survey was, was also included, just a random, random sample survey. So it was a little bit more of this, um, you know, scientific survey as, <laughs> as you can imagine. But the point is that we've done a variety of things here. And of course, I failed to mention that we have the PEC, the Youth Commission, we've had a couple of those meetings as well, not to mention interviews with council and other folks like that. So we've done uh, quite a bit of engagement over this past two and a half, three years. Um, just some additional outreach to think about, you know, the webpage, the social media has gone on. I mean, uh, mailings and phone calls directly. One of the, I think the best things that's emerged from this has been that I think staff has really connected with um, with some of the groups that, that were established during this process. And so our hope is that this lasts over the long period, that it's not just the one and done, but rather over the long term, that the connections between the community and, and staff and the city really uh, are prolonged. <clears throat> so our next, uh, what we found really here are some of the, the priorities for, for outreach. And um, we can go through these one at a time, but you can see that the list is probably from you just looking at it, you're like, yeah, that, that seems like it makes it makes sense. So um, are these listed actually one-on-one, -on -one, Cindy? I mean, directly they are, right? I'm trying to think if, what's the next slide? Uh, actually, so go back, let me just go back to the, apologies for that. Um, so some of the, the main things that we heard are one, just, you know, Parks need to be better maintained and safer. They need to be just made for uh, thinking about health. Um, they're not just for recreation, but they're actually integral to our well-being. Um, it's important that we are just inclusive, that everybody is is using them, and that the parks are made for everyone. That there that there's an equitable equitable investment in parks, um, not equal investment, because we we know that. Not all parks are created equal, just as not all parts of the city are created equal. So we wanna be able to be very clear about that. People are saying like, we need to have equitable investment um, in throughout the, throughout the parks. Everybody needs good parks. Shared responsibility, there's a sense that, that parks can be a platform for people to be able to get in and help their community. So how can these places be for collaboration? Of course, we live in a city and so connections to nature and to other people, other places are important. Um, the cultural relevance of parks was also mentioned just uh, considering 
you know, the native uh, communities, considering the variety of cultures that exist in Sacramento, all of these were mentioned. Parks, of course, are the place of young people. And so not only parks, but the programs. And so how can we use the parks and the programming activities to supplement what is going on at home and in the schools, but really to develop young people and to encourage them and to make them, you know, grow up to be strong adults, positive adults. And of course, people want to know what's going on. And so those are the, the communications and information sharing they wanted to see. You know, sometimes I don't hear what's happening everywhere else. So I think these are just some of the main priorities from the outreach that we did. But in, in the next slide, I think Sidi will talk a little bit about the, the system findings itself, more of the technical information that was understood. Is it Cindy? Yes, thank you. I'll take over this. Oh, I'm sorry, Allison. I, I apologize. No. <laughs> thank you, Noe, for <laughs> such a wonderful uh, description of all of the outreach that was conducted and all of the priorities and findings. Um, in this short section, I'll also cover some of the findings uh, that we have from doing a, a bit more of the technical technical analysis. And this is based off of uh, a wider inventory and assessment of the whole park and recreation network and system as well as looking at various data sources and data tools. I mean, this is really intended to uh, inform how we might wanna approach parks planning, park investment on a citywide basis. So one thing that was uh, clear from a lot of the assessments was that there are disparities within the park system itself. For example, neighborhood parks will differ in terms of their level of development. So even though these two sample parks, sample park A and sample park B, are both categorized as neighborhood parks and therefore should serve the neighborhood, there are vast differences between these two different parks. Neighborhood Park A, for example, is quite small. It has some amenities, but there are very few. It can serve a smaller uh, population. Whereas Neighborhood B, um, sample Neighborhood Park B, much larger, there's sports courts, there's themed play areas, there's picnic areas with barbecues, landscaping, public art. It's a very different level of investment, a very different um, level of development that can serve you know, different populations here. So something that is clear is that not all parks are equal, not all neighborhood parks are, are equal, and this should really inform how we move forward. Next slide, please, thank you. Um, another disparity that was brought to our attention too is that there are neighborhoods that lack access to, to parks within a half mile walk. This is the uh, sort of distance that's seen as a convenient walk distance. And so whereas you can have many parks across a city, the distributional disparities across really make an impact in who can access parks and the, the level of, of equity in accessing various parks. Another element that we overlaid with this is understanding the demographics within the city. So as you can see here, I know it's quite small, but it's just to give a sense, um, certain areas of the population are characterized as moderately or highly vulnerable populations based on economic, health, and social variables. And so that also should play a factor into where these parks are located, where are there um, areas that do not have access to parks, but also have higher vulnerability. And there are new parks planned for new growth areas, which you can see in the blue hash marks. So this is also something that we're looking into um, when we're doing these kind of deeper analysis on a citywide scale. Something else to consider, we're looking into level of service. So level of service measures the amount of park acreage per 1,000 residents. 
So for example, a higher level of service number means there's more park acreage per 1,000 people. A lower level of service indicates a lower amount of park acreage or a deficiency in park acreage. Breaking it up by council district, you can see that again, it's not all the same. Um, there are vast differences between the areas of park, the acres, ac uh, acreages of park. Um, so we flagged uh, various level of services in red that are relatively lower. And there is a difference between the total park level of service, which includes large regional parks, parkways, open space areas. These are areas that are generally considered um, kind of like opportunity areas. Not all council districts will have access to vast areas of open space or regional parkland. Um, Cindy, if you could just advance forward one. Thank you. <laughs> so you can see, whereas for example, council district two has quite a high level of service for total parkland. It has quite a low level of service for the uh, neighborhood and community park level of service. So that's something also very important to keep in mind. Adding one more layer to this level of service, we wanted to look at that vulnerability factor within the residences who live in those different council districts. So California Environmental Protection Agency, Cal EPA, has a wonderful tool called Cal EnviroScreen. I encourage you to check it out if you're not familiar with it. And this identifies communities that are most affected by and vulnerable to, uh, to pollution. So it includes pollution scores, but also socioeconomic factors as well. It's the opposite here where higher scores indicate higher pollution burdens in that area. So again, if you're looking at the level of service for per council district, as well as that Cal EnviroScreen CES average score, it does start to you know, bring up various indications of where are there areas that are high, more vulnerable, but also have less um, acreage of parks that are gonna serve the population. And this takes us to our key directions, which by the way, um, are a combination of what we learned from the technical analysis, which includes not only the highlights you saw here, but a more detailed look at trail needs, needs for indoor recreation centers and other specialized facilities such as swimming pools, in addition to what we heard from the community that Noe emphasized as well. And this led us through the development of a variety of policies to focus on six things that we think are kind of the game changers for the city. Now, the department will continue to do excellent work in a variety of areas. We want to focus now on the six things that we think should really be different going forward. The first one is with regards to equitable access to parks. This not only addresses the availability of parks within walking distance, but also how we prioritize park investment, park development based on the areas that don't have parks or that do, but that are vulnerable and may need definitely parks more within walking distance than others. This also addresses universal access and ADA accessibility. The second key direction is around park safety and maintenance. Uh, you all may recall in the last recession, there was a real struggle in terms of having sufficient funding to be able to maintain parks and address the repair and replacement needs uh, across the system. And with that in mind, we want to make sure that we are calling attention to the resources needed to not only take care of the condition of assets, but also the safety of parks in general, such as your park ranger program, looking at the fact that there are many people who lack housing who are uh, now seeking public space in parks. 
And we want to make sure we're continuing safety projects and programs across the community. Key direction three really is based on how we look at quality parks. As Allison called attention to, we have this discrepancy or disparity in terms of what's considered appropriate. We say everyone deserves access to a quality neighborhood park, but there isn't that definition of quality. In some cases, all it is is a basketball court. In some cases, it's a greater variety of amenities. So we're mapping out where these park deficient areas are, either in terms of size, level of development, or condition to be able to make sure everyone has a quality park. We also looked at the need to be able to uh, have enhanced connections to nature and to trails. So trail connectivity is actually addressed through other departments in the city primarily, although uh, YPSI maintains the parkways and greenways, and that includes some multi-use trail corridors. So this will be a collaborative effort, recognizing that trail use is one of the greatest and most strongest types of recreation, use, and activities, not only in the city of Sacramento, but across the state and even across the nation. So that collaboration, the protection of natural resources, the provision of shade, and addressing uh, urban tree canopy needs is all part of this desire the community has to have access to natural areas via trail corridors. Another one of our key directions deals with the role that the department plays in collaborating with the city on various initiatives. It's interesting how much parks and recreation uh, play a key role in a variety of city initiatives. So whether you're talking about bringing a professional soccer team and recreation tourism to the city, there's corresponding supporting efforts that are done to support soccer and is a recreation activity for youth, for example or when you're talking about developing the river district in terms of this grand economic redevelopment area, parks and recreation are gonna play a role as well in that new development. And even with regards to uh, specialized initiatives around youth health, youth safety, again, youth programming and what the work that YPSI does plays a strong role there. So this key direction is really making sure that YPSI has a strong voice at the table to support all of these initiatives with regards to community livability and also is strengthening communication through uh, their coordination with various partners in their parks and the facilities that others are managing in their parks to ensure quality park opportunities. And then finally, making sure that we are looking where the money goes, how the resources are distributed will be key as we talk about equitable park investment. And so making sure we have resources, not only for those unserved areas, but for new areas in the city that will continue to develop in terms of new residential units, and then making sure we have enough dollars for maintenance and management as well is a key priority of this plan. So those are our key directions. Um, it's a quick summary again of the things that will change radically in terms of new uh, initiatives for parks and recreation. But we wanted to make sure that these were the right directions for the city. So we went through a review process that included briefings with city council already, meetings with the department's executive team, making sure that we checked in with our technical advisory committee and even the youth commission that had done a few joint meetings with the PCEC here earlier. And then upcoming is this prioritization survey. And just very quickly, the feedback that we received said we were on track 
different groups raised different questions, such as from council, they were um, wanting to make sure that we are coordinating our park equity focus with the environmental justice elephant, addressing health and safety concerns, and even looking at pooling resources into hub areas uh, for indoor operations and uh, swimming opportunities. From the executive team, originally this list of directions actually had two separate ones around connections to nature and trail connectivity. The direction from our executive team was to combine those to simplify it into the six directions that you saw here, but also to address things such as the focus on sports fields that needs to happen and continuing to offer programs that are supporting mental health and wellness. From our technical advisory committee, they raised the excellent point of focusing on sustainability, resiliency, climate change, the fact that parks address urban heat, and even making sure that we are focusing on things such as urban forestry and aligning with the Office of Arts and Culture. From the Sacramento Youth Commission, they definitely felt that safety was the top priority, followed by quality parks. They wanted to make sure we knew that we needed to be sure to take care of our existing assets rather than just focusing on adding new things or addressing the needs of new, new neighborhoods. And their focus was certainly on uh, equitable parks and more diverse age or uh, diverse experiences for all age groups. So based on this feedback, we knew that our six directions were on track, but that we should potentially consider two new key directions to add to this. One is that call out on resiliency and sustainability that affects things such as urban greening, climate impact, shade equity, and even the resource conservation. The other one is to focus on community health and wellness which we're doing so through youth initiatives, but this also focuses on all ages, fitness and exercise, mental health and well-being, healthy lifestyles and equitable play opportunities. So that leads to our discussion where Noah will introduce some discussion questions to you and turn this back over to our chair. Thank you, Cindy. So as you can see, um, really it's, it's a straightforward set of questions here is one, I mean, what are, which of the, the key directions that Cindy mentioned are your key priorities? I mean, really, what are, what are the priorities here that we are um, needing to consider as we move forward with the plan? Are we on the right track? Are there nuances that you want to share with us? And secondly, um, the last two that have emerged most recently, which is the resiliency and sustainability question, and then, of course, health and wellness. And should we add these? <laughs> should these also be a part of the set? So instead of six, we now have eight kind of key directions for the plan. Um, but I, I, I know <clears throat> there's a process here. So Chair, um, I, will, I will defer to you about how we do this if we need to go to, to public comment before we receive any comments from uh, the commissioners. Chair Vasquez. Thank you. Thank you very much for the presentation. And yes, as I misstepped from our last item, we do go to the public comment um, before our commissioners speak. Um, so, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I currently have four hands raised. Five hands raised. Uh, our first speaker is Allie. Hello, how are you? 
My name is Ali Radman, and I'm with the uh, CCSL, Central California Soccer League, and we're speaking about um, parks, the homeless, this, that, the other, whatever's going on. Um, we're there at O'Neill Park. I think that's District 7. I could be wrong. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But um, we're getting ready to start in our uh, soccer season here, uh, coming up here in, in the middle of February. Every year... Um, for the last three years, we've been battling the same thing, trying to get the homeless out of there before we start the soccer season, because the youth starts at the same time. Uh, there's nowhere for them to park onto the street, open their passenger side doors, safely exit their vehicles and walk onto the sidewalk to get to the park. So for years, um, I like to call myself the, or what you guys would call is the um, park superhero, so to speak, because I've been doing the cutting, the uh, maintenance. Uh, I've been doing the irrigation. Uh, we have no electricity over there because the homeless destroyed um, our power box, as you guys know, and they've replaced the power box, but still have no smud connection over there. So I've been using my own personal generator to run the sprinklers, and I'm using less than 18% of full usage of water usage for that area. I can't fertilize and make it as green and nice as it used to be uh, due to the fact that there's not enough water and a too many parts per millionth will go up. I know these parts per millionth because my father was head of region nine with the EPA and I get our soil tested over there all the time uh, over at Livermore Labs because I have access to those folks and they're kind enough to do this for me. Anyways, I'd really like some help on removing the homeless. Um, I'm tired of picking up needles. If I drive on the roads of California and I hit a pothole and I would refer to Caltrans to get my rim and tire fixed. If I get a needle stuck in my foot from a heroin addict, do I go to the city of Sacramento Park and Rex to get myself fixed? Thank you for your comments, Ali. Our next speaker is Rose. Hi, my name is Rose Sean. Uh, I am the director of coaching of Azteca FC. I've been in Sacramento since 2013. I, I graduated from a local junior college, went on to graduate from UC Davis. I've been head coaching for more than 10 years. One of the large concerns that our community has is getting public futsal courts to be lit. A lot of us don't have the accessibility to rent the large fields. Um, they're either fully rented out by larger clubs or they're just not available. And so we're asking that the public futsal courts have lights from 5 to 10 p.m. and that there are no reservations required and that there's no third-party intermediaries. Right now, Norwood is managed by a not-for-profit and they basically lock it up at 4.30 p.m. The lights exist, but they're not connected to electricity. Tans night is open, but the lights exist. They're not connected to electricity. We need those connected. Um, Cottage Park is charging $50 an hour to rent a futsal court with lights, which we think is discriminatory. And additionally, uh, La Familia is running the Maple Park, and they are also restricting access to the community to use those two futsal courts. So we're asking that the committee look at that from an equity standpoint, that we'd like to be able to utilize these public facilities, and we'd like lights until 10 p.m. so that everyone has a safe place to play. Because as you can hear from Ali, a lot of the grass soccer fields are not accessible um, due to the homeless living on the sidewalk, so we can't even access them. And additionally, we can't rent fields like Granite because they're completely rented out by other youth clubs. For example, I have to be there from 10 to 11 p.m. on Wednesday nights because that's the one hour I can get for my adult team. So there's just a lot of lack of access. So we're asking for the council to fund lighting at the six courts that need futsal lights and then to take away the third parties that are currently managing them so that we can access them. 
Thank you. Thank you. And as we call on more members of the public, I'll remind you that this comment period is for the presentation that we just saw, which was the 2040 uh, Parks Plan update. And there will be more room at the end of the meeting when we have public comments for matters not on the agenda. Thank you. Our next speaker is Colin User, ending in 4366. Yes, my name is Lambert Davis, and I'm the owner of To the Bay and Back Cheesecakes, which is based in District 2. And as I listen to the Parks and Recreation Plan, uh, you know, my family's been in Del Paso Heights since 1946. I'm very familiar with the park systems here. I grew up here, and there are tremendous differences in parks just in District 2. If you go to Hagenwood Community Center, Hagenwood Park, okay, that's a park because they have restrooms. They have, they're now starting to have a homeless problem there, I noticed recently. But there's also a, uh, a place in District 2 that's called, and we're talking about equity now, uh, called Woodlake Park. I've been on this for a long time. And I think this YPSI com uh, committee should do a road trip and go look at what is called a park, but it doesn't have a restroom there. No park can be considered a rest. Uh, no park can be a park if it doesn't have restrooms. As you ride, as I ride through there, they have a huge baseball field and they have apparatus for children. But when you look at that, you go, well, where did they go use the restroom? There's not even porta potties there. And I'd like to see an audit of how much money goes towards Woodlake Park when it has no restroom facilities versus taking that money and put it into Hagenwood Community, Hagenwood Park, where they need maintenance there. Uh, the Grand High School football team just won the state title. They live in that neighborhood. They go to the Thank park. Thank you for your comments, sir. Your time is up. Our next speaker is Tim. Uh, thank you. My name is Tim Valinsky. I've been uh, involved in the conservation and restoration of Del Paso Regional Park for 40 years. And I'm calling about the, the 2040 plan. Um, I appreciate the um, new focus or the recommendations to focus on ecological um, preservation and also the conservation of natural resources. The thing that I am recommending is that this plan proposes that the city establish a natural areas program for all of the natural areas with within the city of Sacramento. We have 100 acres of designated natural areas in Del Paso Regional Park. Um, those were all uh, as a result of hard fought campaigns by the citizens. The city of Sacramento has never designated on, on their own accord, has never designated a single acre of um, habitat for protection in that park. And yet um, with 100 acres protected, we have probably another 100 acres that are suitable 
for nature conservation that would all dovetail nicely with the recreational assets at the park. Um, so that's recommendation one is for a natural areas program, similar to what they have in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Eugene, Oregon, Greeley, Colorado, Fort, Fort, uh, can't remember which which uh, which is the other place in Colorado but the other thing I wanted to recommend is that the um, the 2040 plan be synchronized with the 3030 um, proposal which is a national and international program to protect 30 percent of our land and waters uh, by the year 2030 and there's a role for the city of Sacramento in that regard we have plenty of lands that are suitable for um, natural area protection within the city but we need a systematic way of doing it. We just can't be doing it um, one battle after another. Thank you. Our next speaker is Herman. Good evening, uh, commissioners. My name is Herman Barahona. I'm the lead community organizer for the Sacramento Environmental Justice Coalition. And I'm here in support of the Azteca uh, soccer league. Uh, in response to your long-term plan, one of the things that uh, we are very concerned about is that everybody keeps throwing the word equity around, but uh, I'm also part of the Equity Alliance for the city of Sacramento, and one of the things we have agreed on, that on the definition of equity, it means that we're supposed to reverse the decades of negligence and discrimination in a lot of these areas. I'll speak particularly to District 2's park at uh, Robertson. Robertson Park is predominantly uh, attended by people of color, the poor, and whatever request they may have, there should be a short-term and a long-term plan to start generating the kind of investment that's going to reverse the years of negligence in that area. So when, when it comes to speaking to this plan, I ask the commissioners to truly consider what it means to reverse the years of discrimination, uh, uh, kids of color are playing football, soccer, basketball. In this case, with the Azteca League, they have an amazing leadership program with their soccer clubs. And they're uh, kids of color who need investment. And one of them is to put uh, proper lighting so when people drop their kids off at the park after hours, they're able to play in a safe environment, especially in this EJ zone. We're very good, very good uh, users of the Enviro screen. And this park for sure needs that kind of attention. So I ask that your plan has a very clear definition of what equity means rather than just throwing the word around and not really having a quantifiable plan to reverse the years of negligence. Thank you. And our last speaker is Erica. My name is Erica Hadamio, and I am calling to ask that um, some money get put aside to put lights at the Robertson Park um, in District 2. And I support the other comments that were made around equity um, and making sure that uh, this park specifically gets um, funding allocated for it so that they can have lights on. And I also just want to say that you know, I find it concerning too that there's nonprofits controlling it. And uh, I just ask that you guys look into that. Um, also with law familiar restricting access, um, that's not good for child Sacramento either. So thank you. 
I have no more uh, public speakers at this time. Commissioners who wish to speak on this item? Commissioner Kangas. I wanna say um, thanks for all the public comments and for the presentation, the update was really great. Um, I'm really glad to see that access is being a um, major concern. Uh, definitely notice, you know, driving around the city, there are areas where um, parks not only just don't have bathrooms, but there's barely any trees um, or shade. And I think shade equity is extremely important, not just for um, leisure and, and comfort, but also, of course, because trees help to enhance the air quality. And uh, we want to make sure that for the health of all of our constituents, that there's, you know, good air quality throughout our community. Um, so I was really happy to see that that's a main focus and an answer to the question prompt. I think that's, you know, for me, the most key thing. And I really appreciate too, that there's going to be a standardization of, um, I guess, what basic things each park should have and what quality means, because um, there are parks that don't have bathrooms or don't have enough trees, don't have basketball courts. And it'll be interesting to see what the definition is that um, that is landed upon. So I look forward to hearing about that. And um, yeah, I think that was everything I wanted to say. Thank you very much. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Herman. Hi, thank you. Uh, I, I appreciate the um, presentation as well and the uh, excellent um, comments um, from the community. And I just had a, a, a two-part question. Um, one, there was some breakdown of numbers by council, and I'm assuming that is the old council districts. And the other part of that question is, will it be recalibrated since this is a 2040 projection for the new council districts so that we have a better idea of what you know, 2040 will actually look like. Would you like me to go ahead and answer questions at this point? Yes, please. Whatever you feel comfortable with. Yes, these are the new council boundaries that original maps were created with the old council districts uh, and they were all updated before these calculations were done. So that is a, an important factor to us. Also, Chair, if, uh, if I may just encourage uh, commissioners to just uh, help us uh, with these questions, you know, your priorities. And then also the second part of this is, you know, those two directions. We really need your input on whether or not we should include those priorities, um, being, you know, sustainability and resilience, and then also health and wellness. And if you have any comments to that, really appreciate that. Thank you. Commissioner Herman, do you have more to ask? Wonderful, thank you, and thank you, Noe. Uh, Commissioner Ford, please. Hi, uh, thank you for the overview and also for the public comment and the items that were raised. Um, I think going back to um, some of the input that MIG is requesting to add these two additional areas and are considering them, I think for me, I'd like to first assess like, are we thinking about a priority as, as these six key elements are gonna be, be rolling out? And what is the impact if we add two additional? Um, what is the opportunity to engage and come up with maybe a prioritization of, of how those are implemented through 2040? 
I mean, I, I assume some of them can be done concurrently, um, but a lot what I've heard today was um, concerns about equity and access, right? And so I think for me, um, equity, right? And, and defining what equity is and inclusion uh, and access to parks um, it, it is key and vital. And so I would love to, to talk about how we uh, are gonna prioritize those, those key elements and how uh, the public and the other stakeholders are engaged through, through identifying those priorities for, for us. Um, definitely supportive of, of the two other elements, but I would love to see you know, what we wanna prioritize just based on, on a collective feedback. And I'm concerned that I heard that uh, there's a possibility that, that a nonprofit is managing or overseeing one of the parks and what control they have. Again, uh, you know, we definitely should, should look more into that um, just for, for, for the public's concerns. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Ford. Commissioner King? Thank you. Um, so thank you again for the presentation. It was very informative. Um, I know that I and others of my neighborhood association and my community were part of some of those conversations in the planning phase. And so we really appreciate the work that you've done and the outreach that you've done. Um, I do believe the new initiatives, they do, they do fit. They do fit. I think that they should be priority um, health and wellness, especially, but it's almost as if those, those initiatives should be kind of an overarching theme. Um, I'll kind of like right alongside the rest of the initiatives. So, um, hand in hand with equity, hand in hand with some of those other things. Um, it's kind of like an umbrella, right? Those should always be in the back of our minds, sustainability, health and wellness. Um, because, I feel like they go hand in hand with some of the other initiatives that we've been talking about, right? Access to parks means that we have um, access to priority services and, and, and being able to be active and be healthy and be outdoors. And, um, and sustainability should always be at the core of what we do. Um, so I, 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 again, I appreciate what you guys had to offer. I look forward to um, hearing everybody else's comments. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Vice Chair Gaines. Hi, thank you. Um, thank you guys so much for your presentation. Uh, it was great to kind of see all of the stakeholder meetings that you've had and really getting the community involved because uh, that is the most important piece. Um, I would like to say, you know, I definitely think safety is a huge issue, probably like the number one priority because we can have every amenity in the world. If it's not safe, people won't go. Um, so I do think that's number one. Um, you know, listening to the public comments, I think some, uh, not to say, I mean, I don't know, I'm not an electrician, but like lights might be an easier thing that this group can say like, yay. Um, I do think how we respond to our unhoused neighbors, especially um, in the parks that are um, closer to the downtown area that might be seeing uh, more of that. That's not necessarily something that parks can deal with on their own. It is a public health issue. It is a safety issue. There is a, you know, policing aspect of it. There are so many things that go into it that um, 
yeah, I just don't think it's 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 just us, <laughs> you know, and I think that that's a bigger thing to look at. Um, but I do think seeing, okay, for safety pieces like lighting, things like that, that that is something that should be included. Um, I love the sustainability and resilience and the health and wellness. Um, if this was a three-year plan, then sure, maybe we need to cut it up. But I mean, this is a 20-year plan. I say everything needs to go into it because uh, we don't want to be in 2040 like, oh, whoops, we probably should have thought about resilience. Um, so I'm always going to vote for put everything in. And then as time goes on, we can see where that lays. And especially looking at sustainability, I would love to see more of a um, – call out and direction and highlight of working with the original caretakers of this land with our native tribes. We're a very tribally rich area. Um, yes, Wilton in our county, um, but also all of the tribes that surround us. And so I think there's a huge piece there because they are the ones who have taken care of this land since time immemorial. So making sure that they're involved, um, that they have a piece of that, as well as ensuring that the parks include native traditional plants. Um, you know, there's plant medicines that just grow and pop up all over. And so I think understanding that, knowing that, and having someone um, or having a group of people who can help guide that, um, is helpful just across the board for all the parks and especially those trails and greenways that we're talking about. So I'd love to see that act really highlighted. Thank you. Chair, may I follow up, please? Yes, you may. Uh, Vice, Vice Chair Gaines, um, in terms of your safety um, comment and that being the priority, I think we've heard that quite a bit from everyone, right? Like, especially in certain areas, especially in certain communities with certain groups, um, particularly in communities that you'd like, oh, well, it's especially impacting people of color is what I'm trying to say. Um, but <clears throat> what I'm trying to get at here is when you when you say safety, are you talking about personal safety? Like people are going to get robbed, people are going to get hurt. Are you talking, what, what kind of safety? Give us some examples of the safety that you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I think that safety, that is a, a big word. So I know I've seen if there are parks that have video cameras, that there um, is less crime happening. So I think there's like like a criminal aspect of it. Like people shouldn't be afraid of going to the mm -hmm. park because people are doing are having drug deals or there are um, a lot of you know, sketchy adults around, <laughs> you know, or anything like that where it's, it's not um, – where they don't feel like there's any help or anything being seen. So I think there's that personal safety, which I have felt, I have seen that less, but it only takes once, um, you know, for something to happen to destroy a park's reputation and make the whole community not feel safe. Um, I do think that there's a simple as like not having trash cans. So there's broken bottles, like that's also a safety issue. Um, you know, maintenance, like if my kid is climbing up, um, you know, one of the structures and gets like a splinter, you know, or there's a rusty nail. Now we got TB or, you know, tetanus, um, you know, so I think that there's a lot of buckets for that. So I think that there is maintenance safety and then like community safety. Sure. With community safety, one of the things that, uh, that at the time, and I, I want to reaffirm this uh, with the group here is um, you mentioned cameras, you mentioned, you know, more patrols, this is, of course, a priority. At the same time, in these same communities, there's a bit of a fraught relationship with those things, right? And so that's the balance. So I'm, I'm just curious what you thought about that. If there is, uh, how would you balance the 
safety concerns that you're talking about with these issues of the relationship issues with brown and black communities specifically um, with police with cameras and things of that nature that's that's the balance that we that we we personally were struggling with how do you how do you do that you know how and and to us the, you know an answer is activation you get these parks really active you get elders yeah. involved you get people kind of going so um you know again we're just <laughs> spitballing here but any any comments i yeah, definitely. What I, I love that idea, you know, and like I said, if the parks are well-maintained and they're nice and people are using them, then yeah, no one's going to go to the busy park to, you know, commit crime. Um, I do love the idea of activating our neighborhoods and um, putting funding into our neighborhood associations. Um, you know, I know Neighborhood Watch, I mean, from what I've seen on TV, it's a volunteer thing, but really putting funding that way to train up volunteers to stipend them to be the eyes and ears of the community. They're the ones out there anyway, um, because I agree we don't no, no one wants to go to a park where the police are driving by every 15 minutes, but having the community have that ownership and putting funding towards that, I think would be amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner McCarchick. Yes, I have, I have a couple of things written down, so I'm just going to kind of quickly go through a couple of these. Um, so I just want to kind of really kind of go off of what the, what the youth, what you guys said, the youth commission mentioned about kind of this, have a kind of to, for that equity, equity across ages and have this varied age experience, I think is very important, not only for like teens my age, but also like older adults and stuff like that and have, and have adults at the park and have this variety of where things are easily accessible, but there's also, and there's not only like your playground for young kids, but maybe something else for like some older kids or something like that. And so I think that's, that's a very important, I'm, I don't have like a lot, like things are probably coming to, like will come to me eventually, but like, I think that that is something to definitely look into. Um, and I think the beauty about this, especially being over this 20 years, is that a lot of the thing, a lot of things can overlap across initiatives. Um, like, for example, like the nature trail, like the trails initiative and like the like health and wellness, like that, like that can be used as exercise path, like as well. And that can be a whole thing. And like, um, and I think just finding those ways where you can kind of like, kind of double up in a way on initiatives or things like that, like two birds with one stone. Um, and I was really wondering kind of, this is kind of brought up as like possible, like community partnerships, whether with other like governmental kind of organizations or just community organizations. Cause I think that can either, that can help with certain, certain initiatives, but also like really kind of, as you said, like in really activating the community to be those, those eyes and ears and all that stuff. And really kind of bringing new stuff to the community. It's like doing more of like things like the pops in the park and like where you're getting like concerts and stuff and to vary activities that were kind of reinvigorating um, Sacramento's park kind of experience that was pre COVID. Um, and so, and I think that'll be, I think that'll be very exciting. Um, but my biggest kind of thing is like, do you guys, cause this is obviously not, this is obviously not going to be free. Um, like it's, and so do you guys have any like ideas of what your budget will be your kind of any kind of idea of like cost of any of this yet or well well, well i'll let cindy uh, jump in here on the on the cost issue i'll just respond very quickly on your comment on youth and um you know 
just like safety, youth is also a big word, right? We're talking about very little kids to um, sort of middle school kids to high schools and even young adults. And we recognize that. And I think what, one of the, the biggest gaps that we heard uh, across the board was there's nothing for, for teenagers to do, you know? And, I, you know, some of you mentioned your parents. I'm a parent too. And my I come from the school of get those kids tired, right? Get people, get people busy and make sure that they're tired. By the end of the day, all they want to do is go to sleep. But really what a lot of people said, and this is really important, is that um, with young people in particular, young adults, teenagers, there is this additional role. And like you're saying, dual purpose is important. You're getting, you're getting the physical exercise maybe at a recreation activity, but then you're also uh, you know, engaging with role models, maybe talking to somebody that helps you in your resume, uh, talking with somebody that helps you out of a mental, a mental crisis or you know, just helping you emotionally to some extent. And I think that those, those additional kind of social development issues, particularly in poor communities, were very important for, for people. That park, even though it's just a park, it's not. There are systems and relationships within those parks that really are important to foster somehow. And I think your, your comment about partnerships and getting elders, getting people involved is supremely important. But uh, Cindy, if you don't mind speaking about the costs associated with any of these features and uh, long-term you know, projections, if you will, of any of these things would be helpful. Of course, um, there are different types of parks plans. Some of them are very specific in terms of itemizing every single item in a park to fix and identifying costs for those. This is more of a policy plan. As several of you have mentioned, one of the critical things here is how you prioritize resources and what type of criteria we'll use to prioritize those. Really, the point of this plan is to be able to identify what are those priorities how do we establish that process that's going to inform YPSI's uh, annual decisions with regards to budgeting? They go through an annual work planning and budget development process that this will inform to be able to identify where and how investments need to be made. So it won't necessarily have that big price tag that covers every single improvement. Uh, again, the intent is to identify those larger big moves that need to change in how they're managing their system. Cool. Makes sense. And now I kind of want to add something and kind of having that mentorship with for older like people towards scenes. I think what what I've seen, at least with some of my peers, is having kind of almost have the teens be mentors for younger children as well. And kind of really kind of putting an extra like a little bit of responsibility on us. And I think that can really have opportunities for teens to shine and really kind of like bridge that kind of generational gap and have this generation to generation experience. Um, and so kind of putting us in the, a little bit in a more like leadership role, I think could be very um, crucial as well. Absolutely, Commissioner McCarchick, thank you. Commissioner Flores. Thank you, Chair. Um, maybe I can ask the team uh, a request of a, a PDF copy of the slide deck that you guys just presented on. Uh, I'm having a tough time remembering the six priorities plus two. Uh, and I know you can go back to it, but I think we're still talking high level here. So maybe you can work with staff so we can get that in the next day or so. So that's my first comment. My second comment, um, you know, going back to one of the callers earlier, 
and then and, and was briefly spoke upon here with the other commissioners like we come from different professional backgrounds so the, the background i'm under you know equity um and fairness maybe mean something different baseline uh, and best practices than some of my colleagues here and the caller on the phone so i'm i'm sure the document would would uh speak to what are what is considered you know part uh, you know level of amenities you know close distance i know it was part of the presentation but yeah uh kind of i guess setting that table right uh, of what is if we're going to talk about equity and equality and and fairness and access by all communities right there has to be at least in the narrative in the beginning of what does that mean so uh um so yeah so i echo that sentiment and then uh, you know you know something that commissioner kangas and also uh, vice chair Gaines kind of said is uh and i forget from what the six priorities and maybe it can be more enhanced is is because this is a long-term strategic plan, and I know my spouse works on it, um, you know, extreme weather, extreme heat, how are we future-proofing our parks today to tackle the realities of, uh, okay, here we go, uh, equitable access, right, uh, nature trails, collaboration, park programming, health and wellness, and resilience and sustainability. So, yeah, so my comment is on the extreme weather uh future-proofing our parks in in these buckets you know, what are we doing to what can we do today that you know makes our parks healthy right like the you know uh, vice chair you said that there's there's those in the community who knows how to take care of our lands because they've been here since the inception of time right but then commissioner kangas you said you know tree canopy right if some parks are hot it's not going to be visited right so we got it there's a balance there and then it takes water right and we don't have water and we're going forward waters is going to be scarce so what native plants what uh you know you know temperature calming items we can do going forward so i don't know what bucket that falls in but i know that is a reality today you know we all lived through last september you know when it was 117 outside right no one wants to go to a park at 117 so when people do go when it's a little bit hot you know what can we do to future proof our amenities in that way um and i know going walking at 9 a.m 9 p.m 10 p.m you know uh because it's just not as hot anymore so those are kind of the high level comments but yeah uh definitely as more comments come to mind more ideas where we can reach out to the team but um but i echo a lot of the sentiments being discussed today by our commissioners thank you thank you commissioner thank you commissioner flores commissioner robbins hi everybody yeah so um safety 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 that's a word uh everything has really come down with my comments i would take the i would love this uh the look back at garland park because we were the first park to actually install cctv cameras and how much of an influence that had the garland park yes we can't have that in every park but see what parts we can influence on that uh you know like ollie the superstar in d7 you know it's scared to take his kids to school i mean play soccer or whatever it's getting a season that's with safety uh public lights is safety i know how to do this uh, coach rose i see you in uh, northgate park i understand um i grew up there i know there's lights and you know this is not a part of the 20-year plan you want lights yesterday for a 20-year plan how can we do this um, and back to the other callers over there the robinson center i coached grand pacers for the last 10 years over there i understand it's under um, lock and key. You can't just get lights over there. It is a, a com confusing area over there, but in D3, we do have the most foot soles. They are all free. 
um, the light uh, thing we can adjust. We got to find money not in a twenty-year plan, but see where we can find that. But it is your hands are tied in D two over there. The lights are not free. You got to pay for them. The futsal colors are not free. You got to have team play. And I think last week was the first time it was actually free for anybody to go to. But yeah, we got to see what we can do, uh, like I said, yesterday to get those lights, but in the long-term plans to see what parks we can have the CCTV cameras and look into Gardenland Park and how that was and how much that affected that area, I would just say. Commissioner Robbins, uh, if I may, uh, with the, the CCTV cameras, um, who monitored them? It is the, the police department, Jeff Harris had that put in uh, about five, six years ago. We had the basketball courts put in and they would not open up the gates because it said the park was unsafe for public. So we looked out to see what ways we can monitor it. And we put in the cameras and it got all of a sudden really safer for the area. And so um, big parks like Ali and D7 would probably be something we could put under a microscope, possibly in a 20 year plan. but. As I know, like Coach Rose and everybody, lights is not a 20-year plan. That's just something we can look into. They have lights there. Well, um, I'm looking out for you, Rose, but that's something I think you should. Jeff Harris installed now. It's under Karina, but we've done it before in D3. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Liu? Um, yeah, I'd like to echo some of those comments also. Are the lights, safety, I mean, activation, um, you know, Activation is possible if people feel it's safe. Um, we have so much deferred maintenance in our area. I walk to every park and walk through there. We have a lot of things that are deferred. I, I like to know how we can get some of the deferred items, you know, fixed even on our budget. Uh, how do how do we you know budget for that stuff? Do we have a budget? Um, the Sacramento Northern the bike trail is owned by the city, so the city runs that bike trail. And it is, a, yeah, we have, that's our bike trail and it uh, goes all the way from, um, well, it starts off that, it stop, starts off in Naralto, it goes all the way up to Del Paso Heights up into Robla. And that, that thing's like a homeless highway right now. People, I hear people all the time, they don't want to walk it and they don't want to ride their bikes out there. That's another, um, that's the thing with safety. Um, the park rangers is another issue. If there's uh, room to work on the budget for the park rangers, we have events out there. Uh, one of the parks, Robla Park, has like events out there every weekend. We never even see rangers come out there. At least people would pop by once in a while and say, hey, what's going on? There's like the park ranger budget would be kind of, or at least some kind of um, scheduling where we could see them once in a while come by and check on stuff. Because in the evenings, we have problems out there, too, with uh, people, you know, out on the yard, rolling around in the grass. So on all these kind of things for the uh, money, I know everything's a little bit of a money, but even if it's scheduling somehow, if we could figure that kind of thing out. Um, our community centers, we, we kind of, we're short a few uh, community centers out there. The nonprofits, I'm not sure about. Uh, we ha I know the mutual assistance network, they were running the, the one at um, Johnston Community Center and they had a lease on it and they're, get, they're out of that now. So I don't know if the city's gonna be taking it over that or if we're gonna look for another nonprofit, that's another thing that we need to, I'm sure we're gonna be talking about soon. And so the, the nonprofit issue is uh, 
hopefully they're not blocking the community from using it or maybe they're shorthanded so they're not scheduling it like they should be able to for everybody to use that would be something to look into too and that's about it thank you thank you so much commissioner lou commissioner gallardo good um thank you so I think um, when we're looking at the, the key directions for resiliency and, and sustainability, um, I look at not being able to do that unless we have um, park and pro program investments. Um, just as Commissioner Liu mentioned, we are behind in um, deferred maintenance at an astonishing rate, very high. And so I have concerns um, because we're talking about adding um, more to what this department does and yet we haven't been able to equitably create quality programs for the entire city and i feel that that is something that we need to address and we can't have health and wellness unless there's equitable access for all of our communities and I think about conversations that are happening um, that we've had in the past and, and been asked to approve additional um, parks for new communities that are coming into Sacramento. And I think about half basketball courts that are being proposed or thinking about the space that doesn't have nature trails um, as part of those plans. And as we look to 2040, um, we're a large, diverse, diverse city, and our YPSI leadership um, needs to continue working, in my opinion, with um, the diverse community leaders um, to ensure that there's equitable access, that there's safety, maintenance, and lights, um, that we have quality parts that fit all of the needs of the community. Um, there's a lot of gaps, I think, that are starting to grow because we've had so many other priorities, hence, you know, this, this plan going on for years. And so I, I'm, I'm grateful that we've continued to have conversations, but as we're having conversations, the deferred maintenance continues to grow. Priorities to address community issues have continued to grow. Our, our staff is having to pivot into different directions to balance the needs of the community. And let's be honest, this department can't be all things to the entire city. And so at some point we need to focus on how, how do we have equitable, safe, quality parks with nature and trail connections so that our leadership is proud that we've made an investment in parks. I've just tied that together for you right there, a nice little bow. So um, there's a lot of work to do, and I know that our staff is doing their very best, but unfortunately, as we continue to address, you know, pending issues that continue to rise in the city that have a, a priority of life or death, I think that a lot of this stuff kind of goes by the wayside, and, and it's hard to have that type of sustainability that really bring um, true health and wellness programs to our city. And so just something for, I'm going to ask for you to please think about that because um, unless you walk those parks at night, every single park, you as consultants and seeing 
what it is that's actually happening here in Sacramento, it's really hard to bring this to paper and say, here, choose what are some of their key directions and priorities for us. And so just, just being honest, I, I'm being honest and, and, and vulnerable with you to share that. These are my concerns. This is what I, I see every day. And, and um, how do we address that? Thank you. If, if I could follow up, please. Uh, you know, uh, Michelle, thank you, Commissioner Viardo. That's uh, really important. But just to clarify, as far as um, is your idea or is your your focus is that you know the the two remaining the two additional things that we're talking about with directions that we should maybe not prioritize those yet or perhaps include this as an umbrella as another commissioner mentioned and really focus on this the safety and maintenance uh, uh direction that because maintenance is i think that, that was your the heart of it is you're getting at we need to fix what's broken and what's been broken for a long time before we address anything else. Is that is that the, the heart of it? Well, I would say that what what um, you have provided us to um, consider in addition are themes. They're themes, and each one is interwoven into the other into those key priorities that you that you provided us. That's how I see it. Understood. Thank you. Thank you. Would any other commissioners like to speak on this item? All right, seeing none, um, thank you. Thank you so much to Noe, Allison, and Cindy uh, for rescheduling this presentation to us and for being flexible to come back and visit our commission with this update. Um, thank you so much for your thoughtful uh, consideration in every aspect and every theme and every uh, direction and, and every part of this presentation. Um, Thank you to our members of the public who spoke on this item. Um, thank you so much for attending this meeting and bringing your thoughts and bringing your, your lived experience and telling us uh, what you're seeing and, and asking us um, to, to look at that. And I, we appreciate that. We can't be in all places at once. Um, it, my response, um, I have several questions for you. Um, one would be, um, I also would like to revisit this presentation and uh, discuss it with several members of the community that I serve here in District 6. Um, so um, let's start there. I'd love to also get the slides and maybe um, you know share the recording of this presentation, which typically posts the Tuesday after this meeting, um, so that we can make sure that we have uh, complete feedback. I know that you've conducted community engagement to receive this. And I'd also like to share this and receive some community feedback um, and then invite you back uh, to maybe share some more robust community involvement uh, with you, if that's okay. Um, I also would like to speak to um, uh, Cindy, you know, parks and recreation for sure, but we are community enrichment. We are not a parks and rec, we are a parks and community enrichment. So I wanna make sure that that word is uh, recognized because we have um, you know, a wonderful director in Director Beecham, who is um, very skilled in making sure that we have, you know, senior community enrichment, youth community enrichment, teen community enrichment, right? We have robust programming here with our uh, Parks and Community Enrichment Commission, um, and that programming could not happen without the participation of our CBOs and our nonprofits and our third parties and our MOUs with school districts and all of our joint use agreements, right? This is a, a woven um, programming 
blanket that we are all in, right? Our community works together to run these centers to maintain access because we do have over $140 million uh, worth of deferred maintenance. When we say we have a lot of deferred maintenance, let me be clear that we have over $140 million worth of things to fix. And I know that Director Beecham is working hard on uh, an equity lens, a filter, a tool that will be uh, debuted here in the coming months to make sure that the equity that everyone has mentioned, how, whatever that means to you, is considered in a way that, number one, is prioritizing safety for everyone who's visiting our parks. Um, and number two, not neglecting for years on end the same places that have been historically disinvested in. And I appreciate um, this presentation bringing to light, you know, Cal Screen and using the healthy place indexes that we have. We have the data. We know it's happening. And I, I understand that you are addressing that. And I appreciate that. Um, I want to make sure that the members of our public know um, that, yes, obviously, we want to make sure that the structures that we're putting in place, these lights, um, get the power connected and turned on. And sometimes, as Commissioner Robbins mentions, you know, this takes that extra piece. This is where we work together to bring community members together, to find that funding, to find those grants, to find that long-term solution to turn those lights on when we are still trying to manage $140 million worth of people who have been in line for a very long time. Because we want all of our parks to be accessible. We want all those doors to be open. We want all those lights to be on so that we can all, especially as we've seen in this time of you know, COVID and being locked down, our parks usage went up tremendously and the wear and tear went up tremendously. And our city budget did not reflect a tremendous amount of, of funding to offset that. We're working with what we have worked with, with more people using our parks and more people wanting access um, with not as much funding. So we wanna make sure that these pieces that you're bringing to us and you're asking us, do you want us to consider resiliency? Yes, absolutely, of course we do. And we want that to be interwoven into each of your six initiatives. And every time you're planning a piece of equipment, you know, are, have we considered its, its impact on our environment? And have we considered how we're going to shade that? And is it going to be a natural holistic solution on our trail? Or is it going to be a shade cover? And can we afford it? And do we need it here? Right? Um, I've heard, you know, talk of... Um, you know, where are we are uh, building our parks and the way that our, our funding mechanism works is that, you know, new development brings in that money for a new park. So how are we really rethinking, um, you know, all of these eight that you brought to us? I really do believe that it is a theme. I really do believe that resiliency and sustainability is, um, you know, number one in everything that we're doing alongside of equity. I think equity and sustainability and resilience are the theme that are required in each of your, your remaining four. And if we achieve that, the health and wellness will just come naturally. That will be the, the goal. That's what we will achieve when we have woven those in. Um, so I would really like, if possible, to see those eight bullet points and maybe five things listed underneath as to what you, you are proposing um, you know, would be the measure of success. Like when you're saying, do you want us to consider health and wellness? What are those? Um, what is the measure of achieving the health and wellness? Is that, you know, programming? Is that, um, you know, what is that? What does that look like? Are we changing the color on Cal and virus screen in a neighborhood because we have more health and wellness because that's my <laughs> So um, if we can provide that and come back and visit us, I would really appreciate that. 
Thank you so much for that, Chair. Um, I think the, your comments and also Commissioner Fiardo's comments about the interwovenness of all of these things and others mentioning also the, the notion that you, know, you can't extract any one of these things from the other. Um, the notion of resiliency and future-proofing is really important. The, the expectation or what, what, are we, what are we really measuring against is gonna be the important piece, the metrics of this. What, what does success mean? More trees is gonna equal uh, a lower temperature maybe. Uh, it's gonna equal or lead to um, you know, better health, more activation at the park. Um, all of these things are sort of related and so how do we, how do we kind of get those things related? I mean, as planners, it, it, you can understand for us, it's hard to not comp compartmentalize things. We have to compartmentalize things to talk about them, but we understand that there are relationships between all of these things and we, we wanna work on um, just ensuring that, that that woven blanket that you that really talked about is, is uh, is really truly interwoven, right? So that they're all leading to the each other, to each other. But anyway, <clears throat> really appreciate all of your comments. Um, you guys, you all are, are in good shape here. Just having heard what Chair Vasquez said, you're, you're gonna be in a, a good position here in a year from now. So thank you so much for all your comments. Um, really, um, I think we would be able to provide you with the slide deck. Um, as a PDF, and then you know, if you wanted to invite us back, of course, um, uh, staff Raymond and Brianna, or the director, uh, can guide us on when that happens and how that happens. And so we, we're in it. We're 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 all about you know making this happen and making sure that this this plan is not just one that sits on the shelf, but one that actually changes and transforms the community and and the parks. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for your time and for your thoughtful presentation. This item is receiving file, no vote is required. We're gonna move on to our next item. And our next item tonight is our Youth Parks and Community Enrichment Director's Report Review Highlights for January, 2023. Do we have a presentation? Good evening and thank you, Chair Vesquez. Uh, welcome to our new and returning commissioners. My name is Jackie Fichet. I am the director of the Youth Parks and Community Enrichment Department. Our team is really looking forward to uh, meeting and working with all of you to continue to do all the great work to serve our community through parks and programs. I'm really loving um, the discussion and dialogue. I have a lot of ideas and really, really looking forward to working with each of you. Um, we'll try and keep our updates brief because it's getting pretty late. Um, I do want to share a couple of things, though, and then I'm going to pass it over to Sean Ellsworth, our park maintenance manager, to give you a quick storm update. Um, so first, I'm excited to share that we recently appointed um, a new recreation manager over the community enrichment division. Um, he's with us tonight. His name is Anthony Munoz. He has worked for the department for over 19 years, so we are very lucky to have him join our team, and we now have a complete executive team that you will have a chance to work with, which is very exciting. Um, another quick update, staff have been working really hard over the last few months to address some concerns at Sierra 2 Park in, in the Curtis Park neighborhood. So quick background, Sierra 2 is a neighborhood park that features soccer park or soccer field, playground, and other amenities. Over the years, um, count, uh, Commission is well aware of some of the issues we've had, but over the years, 
we've had um, increased use for with off-leash dog use. The park, however, is not designed as an off-leash dog park and some safety issues have, have arisen from this. Um, so in December, staff conducted a survey to solicit feedback from our community on park use and amenities at CR2 and in Curtis Park. The survey ran for about five weeks. Um, we had an overwhelming response to the survey and we are going to be hosting a virtual meeting on Thursday, February 9th from 5 to 6 p.m. to re review the survey results with the community. Um, we, of course, invite our commissioners and any users of the CR2 or Curtis Park neighborhood parks to participate in this meeting. Our staff plan to review the data and then also discuss next steps. Um, you can find the meeting link on our website. That's at cityofsacramento.org slash YPCE. And again, that's for Thursday, February 9th from 5 to 6 p.m. Um, I mentioned earlier storm damage, storm response. I know many of you are anxious to hear, many of your community members are anxious to hear about the impacts from the major storm events that we experienced several weeks ago. Um, Sean's can provide a more detailed update, but our parks, some of our facilities even, um, like much of the city, experienced pretty significant damage. Our park maintenance staff has been incredible. Um, they have been working collaboratively across the city um, to address fallen trees, you know, remove debris. Um, it's, a, it's a huge lift for our team, and I just really want to thank them um, and Sean for his incredible leadership as they work through this. We have a long road ahead, um, but I'm confident that our team, with the support from many of you and, and our community, can um, get our park safe and clean and beautiful again. So I would like to kick it over to Sean um, to provide a little more detailed update on our storm response. Wonderful. Thank you, Jackie. Uh, commissioners, my name is Sean Ellsworth. I am your park maintenance manager. Welcome to our new commissioners. And of course, uh, large congratulations to Chair Vasquez and Vice Chair Gaines on their elevations. Well-deserved, happy to see that. Um, I'm gonna share my screen with you to give you just a little opportunity to, to see as I'm talking. So I will do that now. From beginning. Okay, I'm assuming everyone can see my screen. It's going to be very short, so uh, don't feel like you're going to be sucked into some long presentation about storm damage. Um, the storm impact of post Christmas storms of 2022 and 23 had a major impact on the city's park system. In all, more than 150 major trees were felled by the storms. Uh, by God's choice, or whatever we want to classify it as, William Land Park took a huge hit, uh, the brunt, it seemed, of the storms. Uh, within the park itself, uh, lost 50 uh, incredibly uh, large trees, and 20 of those trees, additional 20 trees within the golf course alone. So Land Park probably had over 70 trees that were lost um, in these storms. We are in the process of cleaning up and we will, I will give you a little brief walkthrough of our uh, remediation plan. Uh, related to the falling of trees, uh, the city parks experienced over 30 instances of property damage to both city and privately owned property. Um, we unfortunately damaged three cars, three very nice cars, 
Um, and of course, uh, a, a plethora of fences. Uh, the bocce ball court at East Portal Park took a very massive uh, impact, um, as well as a couple canopies um, and structures uh, like at Trethaway and other parks. Um, one of the things that we first looked at, of course, was our was our response process. And, and one of the things I've learned from crisis management, you know, and other issues in the past is, you know, to take a moment to stop and realize, look, we're not going to be able to boil the ocean, but we'll boil this one cup at a time. So our very first phase um, was a very coordinated effort with Urban Forestry Department of Public Works, both um, our division and uh, Public Works, we share the same contractor for tree services, which in a normal course of progress provides a lot of advantage to the city. Um, but again, that is one contractor with X number of resources. However, it is a, uh, a massive uh, tree maintenance uh, organization, West Coast Arborist. So we're very fortunate of that. So right out of the gate, we prioritized our efforts in conjunction with Department of uh, Public Works and that it was based on the two large priorities. And that was safety for our citizens and property and mobility, allowing for the continuing of traffic to move through uh, all of our streets uh, with Land Park having a, a large contributing uh, artery of roads uh, mobility was a big factor for us within Land Park, as well as any of the other parks where the bordering trees impacted uh, the, the flow of traffic. So phase one is what we've been through and we're past that. We have resolved um, almost all of the safety issues and then all of the mobility issues um, have been resolved from a park maintenance uh, perspective. We're right now in this phase two, which is a storm cleanup and removal of debris. Um, what this phase looks like is taking these larger trees, breaking them down into manageable sections, uh, taking the canopies, uh, grinding those down, hauling that off, and then taking the large uh, trunk pieces that are uh, left, breaking again, those down into manageable pieces, and then getting those loaded into large dumpsters or other transport vehicles for recycling as green waste, or, you know, which will later become mulch or compost. Uh, right now we have, uh, I think close to 50% of all of the dumpsters in waste management's capacity here local um, that are spread out within our parks. That's not even in counting public works. So we have a massive effort. We are bringing on new equipment uh, larger equipment, large loaders to just uh, do a large uh, mass uh, cleanup. Uh, one of the things we're obviously facing now is as we get outside to other parks that are within the in the uh, city, you, we get a little bit of feedback. It's like, well, no one's come to see me yet. Well, we're, we're really working on getting um, the distribution of our resources out there so that people that um, have the uh, damage in their parks, they're seeing that we are definitely on a path for progress. We've estimated the conclusion of this phase two to be about March 15th, 2023. Uh, we are 
really focused on getting this done, this major phase by the end of this month. Uh, again, that's resources permitted, but we are definitely highly focused on getting this large debris out of our parks um, and allowing the parks to where there's damages to structure to have those uh, worked on by our facilities team and by others. Uh, phase three, um, and you will, may have seen this at, at some of the parks where we have done the removal of the, the tree the main body of the trunk, the canopy, there's still this upended uh, stump and roots that are sticking up in the air. Um, that is a, a removal uh, program that we're doing in phase three. There may be some concurrent with phase two in this. Um, the large stumps, the very large ones that are the size of a car will likely require the use of a crane truck to facilitate loading into a transport vehicle. So what we're doing is we're coordinating that to deploy that crane resource um, since it will come from an outside contractor to do that in a sequence where we can just keep doing one after another um, and then utilizing that resource as best as possible with the most economic uh, savings as possible. And we estimate the conclusion of that to be April 30th. Um, that is one of the largest and heaviest things that we have to move from uh, major trees that have fallen in the parks. Uh, phase four is once we have removed everything, there's actually going to be a great deal of restoration. Uh, restoration around the immediate area, around the upended trees where the remaining holes, uh, where there's holes now remaining. You know, we're going to be refilling those with backfill, uh, topsoil, soil amendments, and grass seeded for uh, further tree planting. We also had a lot of turf to restore. Um, a lot of the turf um, did become damaged as we pulled these heavy trees out of the, the parks themselves. Um, and some will still continue to do that. Um, we're getting a much better, um, uh, I guess, response to minimizing that just as the ground starts to firm up and dry out. So, but we do have a lot of restoration that of course is gonna come following post cleanup. Uh, estimated conclusion of that phase is May 31st, 2023. Again, we are very uh, mo well motivated to expedite the curve on these uh, uh, phases. However, again, we do share resources with DPW, we are coordinating it. And again, we are very uh, well in tune to make sure that Priorities citywide um, in this cleanup effort are, you know, definitely taken into consideration in partnership with um, other departments. Uh, phase five is really the phase that's going to be um, a real interesting period uh, where we have 150 trees that have been removed. Um, our, our intention is to make every space that a tree has fallen to make that available for replanting of trees. Um, so our goal is to reforest what has been uh, lost uh, due to the storm. And then of course, in continuing with volunteer efforts, additionally adding trees. Um, we've had some conversations about this. Um, there's a very strong uh, desire to replace trees with native trees wherever possible. 
Uh, not all native trees do well in a very uh, highly irrigated area, but we have thought about saying to ourselves, okay, where we can and where community input and it makes sense from a landscape architecting uh, perspective, let's try for um, our, our native trees. We're also looking at diversity. We definitely want to spread the different species of trees into this replanting effort, um, which is part of the long-term goal in protecting the tree's overall health, susceptibility to fungal diseases, insect diseases. So we're looking all at that. We are definitely excited to work with volunteer groups um, and arborists that are uh, have been reaching out, kind of giving us some ideas. We have our own parks arborists that will be joining us here in about four weeks. Um, yeah, so that was a long time coming. So we will have our own dedicated uh, parks arborists through a Department of Public Works Urban Forestry, which will allow uh, that individual um, who we already have selected, uh, just going through the interview. Well, actually just really kind of packing up and moving here is really what the, the, the delay is. Um, and once that person's there, we'll be able to have a lead that will be able to work with all of the volunteer groups, uh, commissioners. Um, we can see a, you know, a wonderful opportunity to motivate a large group of people for the 916 volunteer event. Um, I think it's got a great story behind it. You know, Maybe we can get 916 trees planned and maybe really get 916 volunteers. So there's definitely a compelling story out there to motivate people to participate and volunteer and to bring back the, the canopy that was lost. Um, so that is my presentation and I will be available to answer any questions. Thank you, Sean. Um, before, we, before we jump into questions and I know oh. um, Chair Vasquez, we, we spoke a little bit about um, 916 day, you know, and some opportunities to really collaborate and work with our commissioners moving forward for some of these efforts. So we look forward to having those conversations um, with all of you. Before we jump into questions, I will just wrap up um, the director's updates with letting our commissioners know that um, we, our, our executive team meets on a monthly basis with all of our council districts, and we invite our chair, vice chair, and all of our commissioners to participate in those meetings. Um, we'll work with Joanne to make sure that you have the invitations if you haven't received those yet. And I know um, Ray Rodriguez, our support services manager, is working on some information for our new commissioners as well. Um, and we have been, you know, giving all of our our, our uh, council offices a sort of high-level overview of who EFC is, who we are, what we do, what some of our challenges and priorities are. So we look forward to sharing more of that with you as well. Um, and then, of course, seeing you um, every month here in person, I believe, starting next month. Um, our clerk's office is going to be following up with some additional information about the return to in-person safety procedures, protocol, that sort of thing, um, and how that will work. So um, thank you so much, Chair Vasquez, and I will pass it back to you for questions. Thank you. Is that the end of the entire um, staff report, Director? That is. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, do we have any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I currently have no hands raised for public comment. 
Thank you. I'll turn it over to commissioners. Uh, Commissioner Kangas. Wow, I just wanna say I'm so impressed with the staff of Yipsy and um, it's really mind blowing to think about how much of an effort you're making to kind of restore our parks from all the storm impact in addition to everything else that's going on. So I just really appreciate all the hard work and the, the leadership, Sean, is really incredible in the prioritization of um, how you're phasing the cleanup. Um, and I was going to wait for ideas and questions to bring up an idea, um, but you kind of uh, gave me an awesome segue, Sean. So um, with phase four and five, it would be a wonderful opportunity for youth engagement, for volunteering, um, as well as the 916 day piece that you mentioned too. So um, I would love to work with your team to try to help coordinate with your new person who's coming on board, of course, um, getting a lot of kids out there from the school district um, and using our communications channels to invite people widely. Um, but I also think Earth Day is coming up mm -hmm. in April and that kind of coincides with phase four. So maybe there's a narrative there that we can kind of come up with that brings in like the, the restoration and city pride um, and ties it into Earth Day as well. So I'm really excited um, to work with you guys on that. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Herman. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to give a big shout out to all the hard work that um, Parks has done in Land Park. Um, you know, I live right by there and I go, I try and go through there to Rayleigh's when I go shopping, but um, boy, all those huge bins that are getting filled with those huge trees that fell uh, that were really sad looking, you know, just these massive trees, you know, boom, roots up. Uh, but you've done a wonderful job and uh, I'm sad about the reconfiguration of the whole golf course and how much easier the fourth hole is. <laughs> But, um, you know, uh, you guys have done a great, great job. And uh, I wanted to echo uh, Commissioner Kangas's idea about um, getting some help out there sooner rather than later. I think April would be a great month. Um, and I will reach out to you to coordinate. Um, I know people are already asking me from the public, hey, when are we going to start planting trees? What can we do? And mm -hmm. things like that. So I definitely uh, will be reaching out about that. But I just really wanted to focus on saying thank you on just the Herculean effort that's been put forth to uh, remedy the situation in the parks. And we're happy to create more hazards for you at the golf course. We'll just take some of those stumps and just throw them right on the middle of your fairway. So. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner McCarchek. Yes, um, and I, I kind of just wanted to um, go off of uh, I, uh, what Commissioner Kangas was saying with kind of really getting the schools into it. I know like like East Portal Park there is like, it's like right, it's literally like right next to my current school right now. And I know like Sutter is really close to McKinley and there's so many schools in just around the city that mm -hmm. are super close. And I think this could be like, as we kind of, as you kind of get into a place where the community can really start to help out. Cause I know maybe you're not really in that place right now per se, but I think that could be a really good opportunity to a kind of, as we're talking about kind of getting the community engaged in the, in the parks, like 20, uh, 2040 plan. It's like, this is a great opportunity to have these, like these teens kind of get their hands dirty 
in a way, or just school age, just to get their hands dirty and just really to help renew our our parks. So I think we should definitely look into that, and I'd be more than willing to help out if that if if necessary. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner King. Yes, thank you. Thank you for the presentation. And um, I just also wanted to come on here and commend your team, Sean. Um, just in our my local district, I saw immediate response, um, amazing work by the team, even between the storms. So just that that quick response was really appreciated. And I know a lot of our community were very concerned and they feel very heard. Um, and that that you have such a sufficient plan moving forward is really appreciated by the community, definitely. So again, thank you so much. Um, I did have a question for your team um, with the idea of sustainability and, and repurposing recycling and, and moving into this Earth Day. Um, are, what are the plans for the trees that were down? Are we using them for mulch moving forward, going back to the, the earth or are they being repurposed elsewhere? Um, so there is an abundance of mulch um, that we have. Um, driving through Land Park, I think we still have a three-story building worth. Um, we are very much in tune with others that have brought up the same question. We are planning to stockpile as much of that mulch as we can to use within our parks. It's actually a very good quality mulch because it contains so much of the uh, heartwood uh, from the trees. So we're definitely doing that. We are going to get it into manageable piles that we can say to the public, please come take, take, take it all if you can. Uh, but yes, we are doing that. Um, you know, California has a very uh, aggressive policy on green waste um, that's been recently enact enacted. Um, so a lot of that green waste that we're not able to use internally will be available through the composting and green waste programs that are set up with the landfills, um, which, is, which is a great purpose instead of it just being buried in a landfill. Um, but our goal is to use as much as we can of a wonderful resource um, and of course to allow others to you know have access to that resource as you know something free for the public um, to help with their efforts you know, the water savings benefits of mulch are are extremely well known and deeply appreciated so we definitely want to share as much mulch as we can with whoever's willing to take it so that is our plan to hear. Thank you so much again, Sean. Appreciate you pres presenting and um, keep keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you. Vice Chair Gaines. Hi, thank you. Um, so first of all, I just want to echo um, what everyone else said. You know, we really appreciate uh, the team's efforts. Um, you know, this was such a, a catastrophic you know, weather event that we had. And we know that it's um, not easy. And so we appreciate your teams being out there keeping, you know, everything still running while also dealing with this. Um, you know, one of the things, Sean, that you mentioned was, you know, people, um, you know, kind of wondering when it was their turn. And I think that that's huge. I, I think for the most part, I would hope most people recognize that this, like I said, was catastrophic. And I hope we don't ever see anything of this magnitude again. Um, but I 
would like to suggest if there's a way to have um, either through the website or some kind of transparent way for people to know, like, yes, mm -hmm. my park is on the list, you know, just like, yes, we've gotten your calls and here's where it falls. Because I think, you know, sometimes like taking Land Park, for instance, that's a park that has a lot of, um, for lack of a better word, it's like a richer park, you know, and like everything, mm -hmm. Land Park, it's everything. Now, clearly it's like a public health need like there's like a uh, like a public mm -hmm. safety need that they're going to be first but people may not see that so if we're able to show that because I know oftentimes and I know probably a lot of commissioners when you're out on the street and people are like that's the parks commissioner it's like well hey what what's going on here I'm like, mm -hmm. you know so if we were able to see like hey yes you know this park in our district it's on the list it's coming you see there's these bigger public safety issues um, ahead of it that might you know, help us to be able to, to help you guys when we're out in the community, if we just are able to, to see that or to show that to people. Um, like I said, hopefully there's nothing like this that happens again, but if so, I think having some kind of way to share that information um, would be helpful. Um, and then uh, Director Beecham, you had mentioned that, that uh, Ray Rodriguez was working on um, information to send to the new commissioners, and I would love to see that as well. I think, you know, we all came in at different times and I think it'd be worthwhile, um, you know, like I came in under a different director and people kind of come in uh, at different ways. And so if we're all speaking the same language and have the same information and have the same understanding would be great. So um, if you could send that to all of us, that would be awesome. Absolutely. And I think um, we will send it to all of our, all of our commissioners and of course, would love your participation in the meetings that we're hosting with our council offices. I think that would be really helpful um, to get really updated information on kind of what's happening um, across the department. So we'd love to have you there as well. Thank you. Raymond, would you like to address that? Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's great. I'll give us, share the information. We put an extensive, you know, overview of all of YPSI, like high level, all the things that we bring to the table as a group. And I think that's something that's easy to share. And then the one thing that I try to do is make sure that we're highlighting specific uh, either upcoming events or items just going on in each of your specific districts that you represent. So you have this stuff that's, you know, hammering, you know, close to home. So we'll include that as well. And then we have our then the cool thing is our come out and play catalog is now almost real time, you know, with the the efforts that our team has put forth, you know, we have that is almost getting updated on a, you know, two week basis, you know, so it has all of our, you know, encourage it's a flyer that everyone I can give you as well has a QR code. Um, and it's easy to carry with you and get be apprised of any updates or any events that we have as a department going on. So I'll make sure that everyone uh, gets all the updated information for sure. Thank you. I appreciate that, Raymond. Commissioner Flores. Yeah, thank you, Chair. Uh, Sean, thank you for the report. And I know I don't want to take too much time, um, but I look forward to these future discussions of like you cataloging the trees that did fall down, like especially like at like Land Park. And then some of these trees are just massive, right? They're just so old. Yeah. And then, you know, working with uh, the various communities and, and subject matter experts of maybe with these massive trees, you know, the replanting is like one went down, but maybe three go up, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so when, when the new arborist does come online to preemptively already, like we, we know the, the 70 spots, 
but then there's a potential of the 300 trees coming like, mm-hmm. and then stuff like that. So yeah, I know those are future discussions, but I know uh, those are going to be great discussions to have. And then that's also the jumping off point to volunteers. They're like, look, we're yeah, one may went down. We'll never replace the hundred year old, but look, we're going to put four for one, mm-hmm. you know, so there's, you know, there's that positive spin to it. So, you know, but, you know, uh, 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 you know, over these last few weeks, thanks to the crews that went out there and yeah, I'm going to, I want to want some mulch. So, Please let us know when so I can swing by and get some mulch for myself, too. Thank you. Will do. Thank you, Commissioner. Wow, where to start? Sean, thank you so much uh, for describing your plan. Uh, But I'm going to back it up a little bit. And I'm going to say, welcome, Anthony. Welcome aboard, Anthony Munoz. I can't welcome you aboard the uh, ship you've been on for 19 years. But I can say we're really, really excited to have you in this new position. Uh, you also have big shoes to fill. Uh, Director Beecham was killing it in that role, and I'm really excited uh, for this new executive team. So thank you, Anthony. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm excited to be here, and um, you're right. Those are huge uh, shoes to fill, but but I'm excited, and uh, it's going to be a lot of energy uh, to be able to fill those. So I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Um, and thank you to um, all of your families all of your families who shared you working around the clock through this storm, through this, you know, tragedy as it was. I mean, all of the things that you did um, and that you continue to do to try to uh, pick up the pieces after this. Thank you to you. Thank you to your families. And again, for all of your families, to everyone who's on this call tonight for sharing you with us and for sharing you with Sacramento and for your dedication to, you know, even spend your evenings here um, with this improving the place that you live. So thank you for that. Um, you know, a gale force wind of 75 miles per hour can topple even the, the healthiest tree. Um, so this was something that we could not have um, avoided. Um, I love this build back stronger energy that I'm feeling across the city. And I know that these calls are pouring in and I know that every place that we lost a tree, someone wants a tree right back there. And I think this is an excellent opportunity for us to take a break and to look at all of the parks who are on that list who've been waiting for trees and all these places that we've been wanting trees all this time and make sure that we're building in that equity tool because it's going to take the ground a little time to settle and yes we lost you know four times as many trees as land and land park our crown jewel of a park in the city of sacramento because it has four times as many trees Right, so um, we're going to be very thoughtful, I hope, in you know what size species are going under the power line. So we don't want to take down any more power lines. We don't want to block any more roads. And those fancy cars, those three really fancy cars, Sean, they don't want trees falling on them, right? So I'm hoping that, uh, yes, that that spirit and the energy of the neighbors who want to replant the trees is still there in the fall when the ground is ready and the heat is gone and it's time for us to replant. Um, And I'm all about that. I think this is an excellent opportunity for us to, um, especially as you bring up, you know, Earth Day, Commissioners, Commissioner King and Commissioner King, guess you're reading my mind Um, because how many of us were out in those parks watching children play on these felled trees? watching families taking their picture next to a felled tree, you know, um, as a parks commissioner, I know Janine that, or excuse me, vice chair Gaines, I know that feeling of wanting to be like, Oh, I'm the parks commissioner and all these trees are falling in the park. Um, but instead I had my finger out, get off that tree. It's, you know, you don't need to be climbing in those roots. Get out of that. It's not a swimming hole. It's a, <laughs> it's a root ball. 
Um, but I want us to make sure that um, we are not losing this amazing resource, right? The mountain that we have of mulch, we're going to use it. Um, but every little bit of carbon that has been sequestered in our beautiful Sacramento trees that have been keeping our air clean just goes right back into the air when we chip it. So if we can save as many felled logs to use as natural play structures, obviously these children love to play on them, right? Anything that we can use for outdoor educational areas, right? The cookies that we're seeing, the uh, little like seat round uh, logs that you see left over that people are salvaging out of our parks. Maybe we should be, you know, purposing, you know, repurposing them into our, our fourth R program, right? How are we using these felled logs? Um, how are we donating them to the Urbanwood Rescue? How are they, you know, being milled into live edge slabs that we can sell back into our community and go to a bar where the bar is actually a felled sacramental piece of wood, right? How do we keep that um, in our community? And how are we, how many artists are out there? How many wood artists who have to purchase wood to, to make something? Maybe we invite them into the park and say, cut what you want. We're here to supervise you. Take it. It's yours, right? Make us some beautiful art. So I really want to make sure that I know that your safety is a priority and that five-phase plan is amazing. I can't even believe that you're already through two phases of it. Uh, and I think May is an excellent goal. Um, and then I think we're going to be ready to plan out where we are going to replant and garner that, that youth spirit and all of um, Sam's organizing that he's going to do to bring all of, all of the youth of Sacramento there for 916 Day. Looking forward to that. Um, I heard a lot of volunteerism coming your way, Sean, from these commissioners to help you replant and to help us build back better. But I want to make sure that we are offering the community this resource of our Sacramento wood. Um, so please reach out to me if you'd like me to refacilitate a relationship with um, makers, with the Urban Wood Rescue, with anyone else who might be interested. Um, I would be happy to host a Mulch Madness Day, right? Come and take as much as you want. Um, so let's make sure that we're offlining maybe in the individual um, development meetings that you're having per district. And maybe we can tack something onto that to kind of ask, you know, what is your capacity to volunteer or just make sure that you're um, reaching out to the commissioners who are offering themselves um, and using them as a resource, because that's why we're all here. Um, and I think that segues us into commissioners ideas and thoughts. That's definitely mine. Uh, do, do any other commissioners have any ideas or thoughts for the evening? Commissioner Robbins. Yeah, you have the right idea with the mulch badness to see if the wood parks like Earth Day comes around and we're not ready to plant trees. Let's see the parks that do have mulch and we can reutilize those and get all the volunteers there on Earth Day. That'd be my idea. I love it. Thank you, Commissioner. Okay, seeing none, we are going to move forward into public comments, matters not on the agenda. Clerk, do we have any members of the public who wish to speak on this item? Thank you, Chair. I have no hands raised for public comment. Do we have any commissioners? Commissioner McCarchick. Yes, I know this was kind of like uh, Jackie Semi kind of touched on this, um, but I remember at least a, a little while back that it was proposed that March was going to be our, our kind of date of coming back. Has that been postponed? Like what's the deal with kind of being in our uh, – in our city council chamber that is shown on there. So we're not on the big screen, we're actually in the chairs. 
Jacob Bredberg with the city clerk's office. Uh, the current plan is March. We don't have dates in, in stone yet, but we'll make sure to um, um, let commissioners know as early as possible. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, are the members of the public able to raise their hand at this uh, time of the meeting? Clerk, do we know? I'm getting some offline messages that the hands function is off for the public. My apologies, it looked like it was. I do have several hands raised for comment here. Thank you. Um, Commissioner King, do you want to hold on to that and we'll come back to you? Yeah, that was, I was just going to address that. I had also gotten some pro messages. Wonderful, thank you. Thank you, Clerk. My apologies, commissioners. I'll need one moment to get our timer uh, back up and running here. Absolutely, thank you. And in the meantime, I just wanna thank our members of the public Thank you for being here, for sitting with us all night long, and for your dedication to your city to sit through a meeting that you typically wouldn't be at just to um, share your thoughts and, and to express your desires for your parks. Um, I also want to comment as we're getting you up and ready. Um, I did hear the names of a couple of parks earlier in comments that actually do not belong to the City of Sacramento Parks system. I think I heard Cottage and the La Familia Park. Um, so I just want to make sure that um, we all understand which parks we have any um, say over or uh, ability to help you with. Thank you, clerk. Our first speaker is Ryan. Hi, I'm Ryan and I'm from district four. Uh, I want to speak specifically on how the need to reserve a futsal court or any public park amenity is a massive barrier to access. When I was a kid, I used to go to Burberry Park uh, with friends to play pickup, uh, and I think that's in District 1. And one day, a bunch of families got together to play pickup game. Uh, but we were kicked off the field because apparently that field had to be reserved along with a fee, despite it being a public park that I used to love my family at other times. We didn't ever try to organize a pickup game like that again. So to hear that uh, reservation, to hear this from other folks, that these are needed to access any futsal courts, um, stands out as a massive issue uh, for access and equity. No one would ever uh, ask for a reservation for a basketball or tennis court, so I don't understand uh, why a futsal court should work that way. Also, uh, one of the responses um, from the commission earlier was that while concerns regarding lighting and futsal courts are important, uh, budgetary concerns are a barrier. First, I want to point out that systems that require reserving a court could easily be uh, replaced with a first-come, first-served system without a mu massive budget problem. Folks would simply use the court. However, I also want to ask, uh, what would it take to move this issue up in the ladder or have it directly addressed in the agenda? As a soccer player, it doesn't feel great to see multiple basketball and tennis courts that have lights, but only, while the only available futsal court with lights uh, that work is in Northgate. Uh, furthermore, in the United States, um, there's a massive issue regarding soccer compared to other countries. In other countries, soccer is a working class sport, and there's uh, a lot of institutional support for that. Uh, in the United States, uh, soccer is mostly uh, a middle-class to upper-middle-class sport because you have to invest so much money into these uh, private clubs and because uh, things like grass fields need to be reserved and futsal courts simply aren't available. Um, so I think not having lights for futsal court is in of itself uh, an equity issue. Uh, thank you for your time.
Our next speaker is Sergio. Uh, hello, commissioners. My name is Sergio. I'm a coach here, uh, here in the Sacramento community. Um, so I coach the underprivileged kids here in Sacramento, uh, the ones that can afford uh, to play in the big clubs. Uh, my main uh, concern here is the futsal courts here at the Maple Courts. I guess this will be more directed toward Victoria Vasquez, uh, District 6. Um, but what's going on is, yes, uh, they are being locked uh, for profit. Uh, they're not open for the public. Um, from my understanding, when these futsal courts uh, were built, uh, they were for the public, uh, but now they're treated uh, privately uh, from La Familia Counseling Center. Uh, I'm not too sure why uh, a counseling center uh, would lock these uh, courts uh, for profit and for reservations. Um, also, just wanted to say, uh, Odette or uh, Commissioner Ford, thank you uh, for uh, looking into this. Uh, Noe, uh, Noe Noeola, um, love his passion, love what he uh, had to say. A lot of things that he touched on uh, was good. So I just want to get him kudos for that. Uh, Robbie uh, Robbins also heard a lot of things that you said. So uh, kudos to you, man. I appreciate everything that you do. Um, but yeah, this has uh, been a problem uh, since 2019 when the courts uh, were built. Uh, I've coached, I've been a Sacramento native all my life here in Sacramento, uh, played at a high level, played professional indoor soccer. Uh, so this is my way of giving back to the community, um, you know, for the kids. I know you guys touched on a lot of things. Uh, one of them was safety. Um, and this is what it does. It, it not only strengthens uh, the skills for soccer, but it does uh, strengthen the safety, the behavioral health issues, and the health and wellness, um, you know, by having kids going out there practicing, keeps them out of trouble. Um, but that's all I wanted to touch on as far as the Maple Courts um, in District 6. I hope uh, you guys look into this matter. Um, appreciate you guys. Thank you, and uh, have a good evening. Our next speaker is Ali. Ali, it is your time to speak. Yes, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Yes, um, we can hear you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, going back to the deferred maintenance, um, grass fields such as like, um, Granite Park, Sac United cuts their own field over there. O'Neill Park, I take care and maintain that field. Um, this deferred maintenance that there's not enough um, maintenance crews to go out there, sublet. Uh, there's other companies that you guys sublet to to repair things and do things. Um, I think we can do that for O'Neill Park. Uh, my son hit a water main, and the city of Sacramento sent us a bill for $6,000, and our insurance company paid for it. These homeless destroy a power box, you know, who pays for that? Is there any kind of, you know, insurance or extra um, funding for that? You have to remember $7 million in hotel tax was collected and was going to go towards the Meadowview uh, Park and Recs, whatever foundation that they were going to do out there where the homeless camp was supposed to be built at $12.3 million was spent on the acreage that was built out there and or purchased out there in Meadowview. Um, rentals, you have to remember, uh, we're talking about 
uh, drugs, violence, and safety at these parks, when they're lit up, the renters pay for it. So it keeps all these people out of there. Not a big deal. Stop giving away needles at the park locations. These free needle giveaways and crack pipe giveaways right next to the park, horrible idea. Horrible, horrible idea. Um, going back to the Native Americans and everything else, God bless them. Um, they rent O'Neill Park. They do their powwow. They leave um, hundreds, or not hundreds, I would say eh, at least 50, 60 good metal tent spikes laying around through the middle of the field that we have to pick up our lawnmowers hit and our kids have to you know, run over um, on top of the waste cook oil that's dumped um, by the side of the oak trees that had to be cut down because they were poisoned and they can no longer live in that area. As far as uh, diversity for plants in the area, cactus, cactus, cactus. You know, we have a water shortage. Let's use these cactus. Arizona does it. It's working great. Thank you very much for your time, folks. Our next speaker is Rose. Hello. Am I on? Okay. Uh, thank you guys for listening to us. Uh, I would just like to say that Northgate Park is a very good example of how first come, first serve, and a one-hour time limit, and then the lights buzz, and you just push it on. So um, it's a very good example of saving electricity. It's a very low-cost facility to maintain. You literally, once you set up a futsal court, they're maintained. You just have to make sure the lights turn on. So I would say that it, from a budgetary standpoint, it's actually a lot more cost-effective to have public futsal courts in our community than trying to install brand new artificial turf or grass fields. And also when we did Northgate Park, there was a community survey that was put out for two weeks in Spanish and English. And when we asked the community what they wanted, 95% wanted futsal. So I would recommend that maybe you reach out to the community. And I know there's a lot of people who would respond um, that we really do need the lights. We need the lights at Tanzanite and Norwood specifically. And in those communities, renting a field is very, very uh, discriminatory and prohibitive to our community. So I would really just recommend that that kind of becomes a priority item. We'd love to see it as an agenda item. We'd love to work with our council members in those districts specifically to get the funding necessary because we really need the lights turned on this year. So our community just really wants to work with you guys to make sure we get the funding done and that we can turn the lights on. And also, we really don't need any intermediary. Man and no other non-for-profit needs to manage a futsal court. We've proven at Northgate that for three years, we don't have problems and they're open every day to the public. And it's, you know, we just work with each other and we make it work. So thinking we have to put a different non-for-profit, in my opinion, and the opinions of others is just not necessary. So we can just keep free, open public use for everyone to go play. Thank you. Our next speaker is Colin User, ending in 4366. Yes, my name is Lambert, and I'm a native of Sacramento, specifically Del Paso Heights. Not only does my family's roots go back to 1946 when my parents moved here, and I, I wanted to, to say that that was probably a, one of the rarest storms you'll ever see in Sacramento. I've never seen a storm like that in Sacramento which means to me that the departments who have never had to deal with that type of storm, they should have plenty of money in their budget. They've never had to deal with it. Where'd the money go? That's something to look at. Now, in terms of Hagenwood Community, Hagenwood Park, as a native, there's a problem there with a gate. And if you go down Grand Avenue, you'll see 
where you can't turn right into Hagenwood Park. Those people who play soccer, they know what I'm talking about. Can you imagine one gate is locked, the rest of them are open? What's the purpose of that? It's a turn signal there. No one wants to go down to the end of the park and go in. I feel for the people who have to go play soccer there. They know what I mean. No park gate should be locked during the day. I can see if you lock them at night, but not during the day. What's the purpose of that? That's a hazard to me. And I'm glad somebody mentioned the Robertson Park and and uh, that sort of thing, because if they made a big thing over there where they installed a soccer field. If you go over there and look at that soccer field, which I was there for the ribbon cutting, I would never let my children or grandchildren play on that. That's a soccer field that has asphalt, and it looks like a kit they put there of of something that will break children's Our next speaker is Brian Cardoza. Hello. Hi. Uh, I just wanted to uh, echo some of the earlier people talking about uh, getting lights on at the futsal courts and uh, keeping it first come, first serve. And, um, yeah, that's all. Thank you. Our next speaker is Herman. Yes. Um, hi. Good evening, uh, commissioners. Good evening, commissioners. This is Herman Barahona with the Sacramento Environmental Justice Coalition and support here with the Azteca Federation uh, Soccer League. Uh, I wanted to uh, direct you to uh, a book that's nationally recognized. It's called Leading for Equity. And it's a story of a superintendent that reversed the budget to put more money into the poorest communities and less money into the wealthier ones. And it became a nationally recognized transformative effort of reversing uh, historical racism in that school district. I imagine that the same model could be applied in some sort of pilot for your budgeting practices, in this case, to support where we're asking for resources, in this case, Robertson Park where there's so much need there. Uh, lighting for the food so courts is one, but I'm sure you know the other issues that are happening in the area. So I'd encourage you to take a look at that book. It's an incredible story. It can be done here. And I know that commissioners, you don't have uh, the power that's needed to make some of these things happen, but I do encourage you to please strongly advise your city council member and mayor to prioritize this request that we're making here for you tonight. And thank you for standing with us here in the middle of the night. Thank you. Our next speaker is Jennifer. Good evening, commissioners. Um, Hello, my name is Jennifer Holden. I live in District 5, and I am the Mangan Park Neighborhood Association lead. And if you know Mangan Park, you know that there is a large eight-acre park that runs along a side of our neighborhood. 
that we love and that needs a lot of love. Um, but before I, I go there, I want to first say hello, Lindsay, our fabulous new D5 commissioner. Congratulations. Happy to have you here tonight. And I know you're going to do great things for us. And also, hello, Joe and Gordon. Um, good to see you here tonight as well. I look forward to meeting all of the other commissioners at other points in time. Anthony, congratulations. Well-deserved. Um, you've been fabulous for Mangan Park, and we're grateful for your efforts on our behalf. So back to business. If we're talking about lighting, Mangan Park needs a lot of lighting. It's a septed issue. It's causing public safety issues not for a futsal court, just to keep us safe. So there's a lot of need for different sorts of lighting. I also wanna commend our um, new youth commissioner for doing an amazing job tonight. And I want to echo his request for a budget um, analysis to be presented. I support the 2040 parks plan coming back for more discussion at a later time. And if it could be accompanied by budget information, that would be great because there is a lot of confusion amongst local residents as to where the money for parks is not going. Um, we thought we passed Measure U to solve this budgetary problem, and it only seems to keep getting worse and worse. But, you know, Measure U keeps going. If you have to bring in Measure U Commission, let's, let's all work together and get the word out to the, the people. Your time has expired. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is listed under the name Jay Duhab. Hello? We can hear you. Oh, thank you. Well, first, congratulations to the new chair and chairman. Um, my question, my uh, my issue here is I I used to play soccer in Europe for years and years and years, and this is like we're talking about 30 years ago. We never have problem in our park when it comes to uh, futsal or any turf field. But now here, my son plays soccer, and after his practice, he wants to go with his friend and practice what the coach is telling them and everything, and he cannot go to the futsal courts. And it's a light issue, and that's everybody's talking about safety, and it's that's 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 a key, that's very important, you know, for a lot of people in, in our neighbor here in Natomas. Um, I don't see the idea of calling it a public park, and we cannot actually push a button and get the light to actually practice or enjoy time. Um, kids, they need that. Otherwise, they just go and play Fortnite or other things. That I don't see any any improvement for their health or any other things as well. So uh, I don't want to take more of your time, but thank you for everyone uh, on the call tonight. But if you can actually solve this problem, I don't think so. It should be even called a problem. Lights for public park. That's what we should call it. Light for public park. We need the light here for safety measure and for the kids to enjoy their time. Thank you. Our last speaker is Matt K. Hey guys, thanks. Uh, thanks for the presentation. 
And I just wanted to reiterate some of the things that were discussed um, on the uh, access to the mulch and the fallen trees over at William Chorley Park. Um, I just ask that uh, there is a, a plan to do some new things over in the nature area and collaborate with the uh, team that's working on that as they would like to repurpose some of the fallen logs uh, as obstacles and uh, benches and use some of that mulch um, for some of the paths and trails. Um, lights and safety, I'm gonna rehash that a little bit. Um, with the displacement of the uh, SAC Soccer Alliance, they've been using a lot of the different fields in our various parks throughout the district, and there's no lights at any of them to play. So the safety and reiterating with the homeless problem, um, I think with the addition of all these neat things for the parks, I think we need to up the park staff and also up the park ranger staff, um, just as a safety concern. I, I don't know what the budget allows for hiring more people, but if you're gonna add more parks and put all that weight on a bunch of the existing staff that's already quite overwhelmed, I think that's probably something that needs to be taken a look at. Uh, thanks. Chair, I have no more hands raised for public comment. Thank you, clerk. And thank you for being our clerk and welcome to you too. And I would like to thank all of our new commissioners. I do see a couple of hands raised. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and take commissioner's comments on, I'm assuming what our public comments were. Um, Commissioner Robbins. Hi, everybody. Yeah, so I, I see the problem with a lot of parts. And like you said, uh, Commissioner, there's parts that are out of control. And I just want to real uh, like how park we do not have control of that part. But the parks that we do have, there are free D3 all parks, Tazenday Park, Northgate Park. These are all free futsal courts. Yes, the, the lights are an issue, but please utilize the free courts that we do have. Um, but I wanted to reach out and say, uh, Commissioner Lou, D2, let's uh, work together and see what we can do with the Robinson Center. I have a connection with the Strawberry Matter uh, Neighborhood Association there that uh, meets once a month. And let's see what we can do to get that uh, park open for everybody. Thank you. Vice Chair Gaines. Thank you. And I'll make this quick because it's almost nine o'clock at night. Um, but I uh, appreciate all of the public comments. I think it's great to have people involved. I would like to say, um, you know, I felt I feel like I've heard this soccer and futsal thing come up multiple times. Um, but at the same time, if I'm advocating for my constituents, they're asking about football fields. So it's not just we have it feels like we have plenty of soccer fields. It's just a matter of how they're allocated that has been an issue, I think, over the last quarter and like lighting on these. But there are other sports that um, don't actually have any resources. So I do think that that's something to look at as well. Um, you know, I think right now I do not feel comfortable adding anything onto our parks team plate. But maybe as we go into spring and summer, maybe in a few quarters to be able to look at um, having a holistic view of what is available, what's not, what can people get to, because it seems like I see plenty of soccer fields, um, 
And if that's not the case and I'm incorrect, you know, I would love to be able to look at that. But I know my constituents have asked specifically um, for football fields. Thank you, Vice Chair. Any other commissioners? Uh, Commissioner Flores. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, I, I know we're targeting um, March as a return date, but maybe uh, Director Beecham, if, if that's indeed true, we know that sooner rather than later, if that's 100%, and then if that's also true, uh, if the item of the recognition component, um, if that's going to be a March item or, you know, for logistical purposes, if that's an April item. And, and I say that because if we're going to invite folks in also, you know, we got, we probably have to give them the heads up uh, required to come in. So, uh, you know, sooner rather than later, we'll, we'll wait for word on if uh, that item is a March or an April, uh, March or April item um, for consideration for bringing folks in also. So, Thank you for that, but uh, excited to come back. We would be, if we do go back March, 2023, our last in-person was March, 2020. So it's been three years uh, and we've have now commissioners to have termed out since the last time we've been in inside. So. Chair Vasquez, if I may. I was gonna turn it over to Raymond, but director, you go right oh, ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I spoke with the city clerk's office and you commissioners will be receiving correspondence on Monday Return regarding returning in person in March. So the expectation would be that we would host the volunteer recognition at the March meeting. Um, so I would wait for that communication to come out on Monday for your confirmation. Um, and then Ray will certainly be in touch. And Ray, feel free to add anything if I've missed it. Um, but on next steps moving forward. No, I think that's that's perfect, Jackie. Thank you. And, and it, it'll go to Commissioner Flores' point. We want to make sure that we can get, because we haven't had it, uh, for a while and getting to do it in person, make sure that everyone, you know, Guerrero, Sherry Lavelle, um, you know, people that were involved in the nominations will get invited back as well. If more of the recognition uh, or the, those receiving the recognition are available in April versus March, maybe that's when we'll decide. But like Jackie said, I think the goal is to do it next month sooner rather than later. Hopefully we can get, you know, maximum participation in that. And then we will start setting up our, our, our normal meetings to get us there, you know, the communication with chair and vice chair on a monthly basis. So that way we can keep everyone in the loop of how we're doing. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Raymond. Maybe, yeah, maybe I can wait like Monday, right. To say, Hey folks, uh, I, we nominated you now you're coming in, right? Like, so yeah, we, I, well, we can pause in a couple extra days so we can 100% say, let's go. So thank you. We'll wait for that email and then we'll correspond out. Thank you. Sounds good. Thank you, Commissioner McCarchick. Yes, I, I just kind of wanted to, I guess, do do my little kind of youth point, I guess, on the whole like kind of field situation and everything. And I think the biggest thing is kind of what's been brought up is just fun functioning fields, but also the need for versatility, where that they can be used for a variety of sports options because not everyone's not everyone's super interested in in football. Not everyone's super interested in soccer. Maybe there's people who do volleyball. Like I know I have friends who like bring their own little like net and set it up at one of the parks and stuff like that. And just have to have fields that have op they that it's the opportunity to be able to play. And kind of the whole point is like kind of what I was talking about with like this teen um opportunities to be able to do that and stuff. Just having these options to have functional fields that don't just serve a single or two like sport purpose is, is crucial to that. And just giving, giving teens the, the chance and opportunity to kind of form those bonds 
over sports that may not be in the traditional like um zone and so i think that'd be i think that's a thing to definitely kind of think of when we're when we're doing this excellent point commissioner mccarchek as well as um i would like to add considering the neighbors in a neighborhood park um, and is there desire to have um, a lit park at night? Let's talk about light pollution. Let's talk about noise. Let's talk about, uh, you know, which courts are in the middle of a park that aren't going to um, cause a disturbance in the neighborhood. I'm not saying that's the case in any of the parks that were mentioned tonight, but, you know, it is a, a community. It is a neighborhood. And we want that futsal, not football. We want football, not futsal. We want soccer. They're all different fields right? Let's be clear. That's all a different, they're all different things. Um, we want to make sure that the community gets what they want and that they are safe in accessing that. Um, so we are running way over tonight. I want to thank everyone for being here. Um, I would like to ask Director Beecham, uh, can we please have a report back um, in the next month or two months as to how many of our fields are lighted? What is the time that they close? I would assume sunset is time of a uh, park closing for a lot of these parks that don't have lights yet. Um, and uh, what is the reservation system per district? Is that something we heard tonight? That's an equity issue. I'd like to hear kind of how that works as a report back for all of our new commissioners and our continuing commissioners. Um, I would like to please have addressed before we do uh, talk about or get communication about going back in person about commissioner safety. We have spoken about this uh, before in going back to City Hall and the new environment that we have in downtown Sacramento. Uh, can we please, uh, with that communication, have a very clear idea as to um, how commissioner safety would work when um, being in City Hall? And I know that you're right on top of that. I just want to say it for everyone to hear that, you know, these are talks that we're having and that will be addressed uh, before those decisions are um, made. And... Um, if indeed this is our last Zoom meeting together, I would like to kind of commemorate um, and just give space to say, um, thank you everyone for your flexibility and your adaptability and what a special time in history we've lived through together. And may this be the end. May this be the end, it's very possible. Um, I thanked all of your families before for sharing you with you know, the city of Sacramento, but when we're going out in person and we're away from our families and we can't have our cat on our lap, I think that's Taquito. Is that Taquito? Hello, Taquito. Um, you know, we can't have our children bringing us our sweaters and our blankets. I just want to um, commemorate this special time that we've had together at home. Uh, Commissioner Flores. Really quick, I want to also acknowledge that we do have two women leads going forward in this commission. So I, I want to recognize that as we, we leave tonight. Wonderful. It's a brand new commission. Let's go, Sacramento. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. This concludes today's agenda. Thank you, everyone, for your participation. This meeting is adjourned.